Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Tuesday morning to each and every one of you. Sun is shining, blue skies. We've been on the chilly side here in Hamilton, Ohio. But we welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a. to 12. P. That's Eastern time, if you didn't know. A lot of people ask from out of town that don't know the Buckeye State. They don't know if it's a central time or an Eastern time. It is frequently asked. Eastern time here. You can join us on YouTube, a Chatterbox Sports page. If you'd rather join us in podcast form, by all means, search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. And you're dialed in, and we're even live. Are we not again, Mr. McAllister, yay or nay, on Twitter? We are live on Twitter. By the tens of thousands dialed in. Absolutely. That's big league. All right, will they or won't they? Now, that's a question facing the Cincinnati Bengals. And for that matter, every team in the NFL right now. Will the Bengals make a trade before today's 4 p.m. deadline? Now, a lot of people here in the chat, a lot of you, they automatically dismiss it, say, look, that's not the Bengals' M.O. Did you know that this team only has one player on the entire roster that came to the team in a trade? Can you name him? We'll give you the answer in a minute. But this is a philosophical question as a fan. Are they doing whatever it takes to win? The team is roughly $12.5 million under the salary cap. And despite not having apparently any flaws in that game against San Francisco, they are not, and we know, a perfect team. No team is. So will they or won't they make a deal to get better? We'll find out as this day rolls on. And by the way, that player is... B.J. Hill? B.J. Hill. For Billy Price. That's exactly right. Get Duke Tobin. It's the only one. The leaders in the NFC West made a big move yesterday. The Seattle Seahawks traded a second-round pick for 24, fifth-round pick for 25 to the New York Giants for star defensive lineman Leonard Williams. He has about $700,000 left on his contract this year. Steelers coach Mike Tomlin says his team is open for business on a deal. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones said he'll listen to any kind of offer. But he won't initiate the conversation. You got to call him. Don't call us. We'll call you. Monday Night Football, Casey said it was a snoozer. The Lions bounced back from that humiliating loss at Baltimore with a 26-14 win over the Raiders. With David Montgomery out due to injury, rookie Jameer Gibbs, 152 rushing yards, 189 yards from scrimmage. Detroit now 6-2 on the year. In Arizona, they don't know what the deal is yet with Kyler Murray. He's practicing, but they don't know if he's going to start. They know that Josh Dobbs is not going to start. They benched him. Rookie Clayton Toon will get the start against the Brownies in Cleveland this Sunday, if it's not Murray. College football. The college football committee will release its first rankings of the season tonight. Where's Ohio State? Is Georgia a shoe-in for number one? What about Michigan and that schedule? Who's rated higher, Washington or Florida State? One team that won't be there is Clemson. Did you hear the comments made by head coach Dabo Sweeney on his radio show last night? 
Check this out. about that fired up best comment in the whole thing was the tyler <laughs> tyler <laughs> that was awesome that was the caller's name tyler is this mic on yeah it's on okay um i thought it was great i mean in a day and age where you get nothing but vanilla i thought it was fantastic 
Dabo gets a lot of flack for being um, not authentic, right? Everyone thinks he's got like this like persona that he that he plays into and stuff like that. Just don't think he's a very real person. But that was that was off the that was coming from Dabo. That was Dabo Sweeney right there. So that was nice to see from Dabo. I thought it was great. We'll talk more about this in a little bit. Uh, game three of the World Series. That was a pitcher's duel last night in the desert. Texas taking a two games to one lead over Arizona. 3-1 decision last night. Bad news for the Rangers, though. Uh, Max Scherzer had to lead the game after three shutout innings. John Gray spectacular in relief. But the biggest blow, Garcia. He's been their best player. He winces in pain after a very violent swing on a fly ball last night. Looked like his left side or his oblique. He will undergo an MRI today in Phoenix. If they don't have him, they're in big trouble. And then in the NBA, do we, is there ever going to be a day we can stop talking about James Harden and getting traded? How many teams has this guy played for? Seven? Five? I don't know the number. And all you guys are sitting here talking about the NBA this morning. Yeah. I know Reed was. Oh, my God. I know the Reed guy's was. a great player. I give him all the credit in the world. He's a phenomenal player. But he never wins a big one, ever. Doesn't even show up in the big one half the time. And, and then he, you know, oh, Philadelphia to the Clipper. So now he's a Clipper. So you can start watching the Clippers. Tom, you think the team revolving around James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook is going to work out? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people do. Except for the Clippers fans. That'll be the rest management champion of the world, Tom. None of those guys will play. <laughs> 40 games for each of them. Never at the same time. Did anybody win any money last night? Uh, Before know. we get into uh, we had Brian Billick coming up shortly. We're going to talk about making <laughs> trades in the NFL. Talk about some of the ongoings around the National Football League, including his thoughts if he had a chance to see the Bengals over the weekend. But did anybody, before we go any further, make any money? I did not. I bet on Jimmy GQ and the Raiders. That was a terrible Spread. Break. Oh, yeah. It wasn't close. I assume, Tom, I assume you didn't watch much of the game last night. I did I, not. Well, I, let me give you a little recap. I bet on Devontae Adams over on catches and over on yards. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy G might be, and this is – people, people say I exaggerate when I, when I make my points. I say everybody's the worst player. Jimmy G might be the very worst quarterback in the history of the sport. I watched that game. He had four passes at halftime, four completions at halftime. Every ball he threw to Devontae Adams was either out of bounds or overshot. He had two wide-open 50-, 70-yard touchdowns to Devontae Adams. Missed them both. He's terrible. The Raiders are terrible. Josh Jacobs, he should have requested a trade harder and faster. Poor guy. He's just rotting away on that team. Devontae Adams, I hope he gets traded. Somebody save that guy's career. Raiders dead. Dead. Horrible game last night. D-E-D dead. D-E-D dead. <laughs> D.E.D. dead. That game sucked. What he forgot to mention, out of those four completions, none of them were to receivers. They were to a wide receiver, right? They were all the running backs it and was, tight ends. Yeah, it was two it to was Josh bad. Jacobs, one to a tight end, and one to another running back. That was brutal. Tough scenes. Tough scenes for the Raiders. Uh, Casey, you have any money last night? Any action going uh, I, last I, night? I, you, you've been on quite a roll. I, I also had the over on Devontae Adams' receptions, which, by the way, wasn't a whole lot to begin with. It was five and a half. Like, that's, that's a cakewalk on a normal day for Devontae, uh, not even close. I think he had one on the day, maybe. But uh, and he was visibly upset after the game. Yeah, it was, very it upset. was right after the missed Hail Mary that he should have caught. It wasn't a Hail Mary. It was just a vertical that he beat everybody yeah, just, wide open. Jimmy G couldn't get it to him. Goes over the sideline, slams his helmet, starts cussing everybody out. It was good to see. 
it was good to see. The Raiders are in a are in a downfall forever. The best will never be good. You know what this game did for me? I will not be betting the Raiders anything. No bet list. For, for yeah, they yeah. they made it to my no bet list for the remainder of the year. What was the the uh, he's a, he's the um, special teams coach for the Packers now? He was an interim coach for the Raiders. The Bakhtiari, I, I don't know the guy's name. I'm gonna butcher it. But they decided to let him go. They hired McDaniel's, and that was the right. start. That was the start of the demise because all of those players loved it, loved him. You're right. They played hard. Right. They 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 overachieved at that time. Devontae Adams comes over because he's friends, if you want to call it that, or he likes Derek Carr. Derek Carr gets in a dispute with McDaniel's. McDaniel says he doesn't want him as a quarterback. Next thing you know, here we are now with the Raiders. It feels like. It wasn't that long ago they were a play away from, from beating the Bengals in a playoff game, and now they look like they legitimately are in uh, death's doorstep in the NFL. Yeah, they're not good. They're not good, and that was an important game for Detroit last night because they got humiliated by Baltimore the week before. So, you know, they may have found their guy in Gibbs. I mean, he was a 12th pick in the draft, and he looked mighty good last night. Uh, we bring in former Super Bowl-winning head coach, our good friend of the program, Brian Billick from Columbus, Ohio. Coach, did you have a chance to see the Bengals game at all this weekend? I did. Very, uh, very impressive. You know, you you and I always talk about, or I, I put a high, I, I place a high value on a team's ability to go on the road and win. Those are the quality wins. And for the Bengals to go into San Francisco, and they had been struggling a little bit, to do what they did uh, in the dominating fashion they did, not only putting up 31 points, but limiting that 49er offense, which had had was on a run. You know, they've struggled the last little bit. That was an impressive win. I think this, this if indeed the Bengals are to continue on and be that viable team, this is going to be a, uh, a game they look back and see was a sea change in the season. You know, somebody made the comment that this is something now the Bengals have to truly build on. They were that impressive on offense, that impressive on defense. Burrow appeared to be completely healthy for the first time all year long. Those things are easily said, not easily done. What As a, as a head coach, when you're coming off a performance like that and you've got another monster game this Sunday night against Buffalo, coming here to Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati, um, when, when, when you're trying to keep your team focused on this is what we do, what are some of those meetings like? You know, it's interesting. When you, when you have a poor performance, many times you'll go in on, on Monday and you'll put the tape on to show, you know, five, six, seven plays. Uh, guys, look, look at this. And you'll show a play where if we just do this, and we've done it better, if you can follow it up with a play that you've done correctly like that, we'll make this block. If we'll make you know this kind of tackle, which we've done, then then we win that game. Well, in this instance, what they do is go back on those same critical issues, and you kind of hold it up as a challenge to your team. Okay, guys, look at what we did. Okay, look how we executed this play. Look at the block we executed on this run. Look at the way the protection held that allowed Joe Burrow to go 28 of 32 and three touchdowns. Look at the way we ran the ball for better than 130 yards. And show them those. And defensively, look look how we we kept the edge on this run. Look how we got home with this kind of pressure. Saying, okay, I, I got you now, guys, because I've seen you do it. All right. So there's no excuse not to do it going forward. So it's a positive reinforcement, but it's also the challenge to say, guys, you know we can do this. We just did it. Let's go do it again. 
That's fascinating stuff. Um, Baltimore, your old team. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what it is. They seem to get so many injuries every single year. Uh, they've kept the quarterback upright so far this year. And, of course, he's one of the best players in the league. Uh, they're sitting there at 6-2, and two, and, Coach, they've been, they've been very, very impressive so far. What are your thoughts of the Ravens? Well, you, you know, they've got the pedigree. Uh, they'll, regardless of what happens, they believe in their system and their structure and what they're doing. You know, the big thing coming in was with the new offensive coordinator, we're going to have this new reinvented Lamar Jackson. I don't know that we've seen that. Uh, he, he's been solid. He only threw the ball 27 times this last game. I really didn't run it all that much. When he did, it was obviously effective. But they got the turnovers. That was the big thing in that game and how they were able to win the game. Again, on the road, which is a good thing. Um, I think the biggest difference in the Ravens right now is they've got a, a solid, not outstanding, but a solid receiving core. They always had Mark Andrews, okay? But obviously bringing in OBJ, this young rookie, Zay, uh, Zay Flowers, seems to be a legitimate guy. Rashad Bateman is okay. Nelson Aguilar. So as a group, this may be maybe one of the better receiving groups. Again, not spectacular, but solid more so than they've had. And if we see improvement from Lamar in the passing game, it'll be because of that. And then they're playing good, solid defense as well, um, uh, just dominating against Detroit. Uh, and and obviously, you know, Arizona was able to do some things. So, yeah, going forward, they got a, a big one this week. You know, I'm going to be – each week, it's okay, What what is that test? They got a Seattle team that feels very good about itself, all but coming to the East Coast, coming in and playing the Ravens. So that's going to be a good – a good test for them, but right now you got to believe with Kansas City losing, um, Baltimore's feeling pretty good about itself. You know, uh, it seems some of these teams, uh, I'm not going to say coaches, they're just part of the decision-making. The medical people a big part, the player a big part. But it seems like oftentimes, Coach, uh, some of these teams can't win for losing. A lot of the people out in San Francisco are screaming about Brock Purdy being brought back after a concussion. Uh, he clearly did not look like the Brock Purdy that we have seen uh, up until this point in time uh, since getting that concussion. Certainly last Monday night, he was terrible after he, he, he had it. Uh, but but the, a lot of people are on the 49ers for letting him play. Conversely, a lot of people are all over the Browns or all over Deshaun Watson about why is he not playing? Is this guy not a tough right. guy? Right? I mean – it, it's got to be a tough spot for teams when they're having to make decisions about that position, especially. It is because it's always viewed as we always talk about Tom through the prism it, prism. If you win, you were right. And if you lose, you were wrong, regardless of the decision you made, bringing Brock Purdy back. And again, those are medical decisions. Medical people had to sign off, particularly in today's NFL. No, he's fine to go. Uh, and the problem, I don't think Brock Purdy was necessarily the problem. The problem was, uniquely, you know, the 49ers have a great scheme, okay? It's pound away in the run, play good defense, be efficient throwing the ball, and and uh, we're going to win a lot of games that, that way. Well, they didn't run the ball particularly well. Uh, Brock Purdy was okay, but he did throw two interceptions. And the defense, that was probably the big surprise. Um what we're beginning to see is as good as Brock Purdy looked, and it's a great story, last pick of the draft, and, you know, he, he's he's the guy that's going to win it all for him. What we have – and so there is a template. It's, okay, we're going to load the box. We are not going to let you run San Francisco, 
and we're going to make Brock Purdy see if he can beat us down the field. Now, he had a lot of big plays. He had yeah. five plays over 20 yards. Uh, so they're capable of doing that. But is that receiving core consistently, can they keep up? And the problem was they couldn't keep up with Cincinnati. That's the other part of the equation. So that's the challenge going forward because everybody talks about over the last three weeks this template now that you have for beating San Francisco. I don't know that I really buy into that other than it's just the basics. We're going to stop the run and see if you can beat us throwing the ball. And if you can, then okay, then you'll win. And so that's the challenge for San Francisco going forward. I want to I want to ask you about trades in the NFL because uh, we saw one yesterday. It's a pretty good one. Leonard Williams, good player, has been for a long, long time, and he's going to Seattle and he uh, USC connection out there with Pete Carroll and all that stuff. But um, why does it seem like trades are far more difficult to make in football than say baseball? I mean, you've been right there at the trade deadline. Here you are, the last day of October. Uh, you got two full months, two and a half months left of the season, but you've had eight weeks under your belt to kind of figure out where you are and what you are one way or the other. But it seems like it's just tough to make deals. Is that accurate or inaccurate? It is because because the cap that is more that is real in the NFL, where in, uh, Major League Baseball, I think Major League, but I know in the, in the NBA, all the contracts are guaranteed. All the monies are guaranteed. Um in, in football, the contracts are a little more complex in terms of certain percentages that are guaranteed up front. The back end is tend to be where the club makes out its money. If you involve a trade, there's a lot more nuance to that, how it affects the cap, and if the team that's going to take them is going to do a new contract. If you, if you in the NBA, if you trade for somebody, you know you're just absorbing the contract, you know what it is, and you do it. Uh, as opposed to the NBA or, or in the NFL, where it's much more, okay, you've got to get with the agent before the trade and go, okay, can we do a deal here? So there's just more layers to deal with than there is in Major League Baseball and in the NBA. Um, you know, when you hear about a team, and I don't know if you ever heard this, in, if you guys ever had this situation in, in Baltimore much, there are some teams that, you know, they, they, they figure out what their deals you have to play you, you have to plan for the long term in Cincinnati they got the borough contract done Logan Wilson Jermaine Pratt Chase is going to be on the horizon Higgins is up on the horizon all this kind of stuff um, but they're 12 and a half million dollars under the salary cap if you're a fan do you have a legitimate do you have a legitimate beef in saying you got to be kidding me we're not spending another $12.5 million to fill some little hole. Because let's be honest, the last two years, the Bengals are probably a total of five plays away from winning two Super Bowls, certainly playing in two Super Bowls. D does, does that mean anything, having $12.5 million under the cap, or it's just, it's just some number it, out there that does, really doesn't mean it's, anything? It's a legitimate conversation to the degree that many times when you're that far under the cap that – now is a good time to knock off a bunch of little contracts. Let's let's gobble that up. Let's use it. It's like timeouts going into halftime, or you know, let's let's or in the game. It doesn't do any good to bank these. Let's go ahead and use them. So let's go ahead and use it. But it has to be done within the perspective. Okay, what's the cap going to be next year? Uh, which you don't know for sure what it is. Uh, how many players do we have coming up? Do we need to hold back some of that to get some of these bigger contracts done? So yeah, there's a lot more nuance to it. Uh, and, and doing the type of thing I'm advocating is, okay, let's go ahead and gobble up some of this that we have right now. <clears throat> um, 
on on some other contracts so we can get it behind us and we can move on that clears the decks for, <clears throat> for the biggest contracts but sometimes that that can be a problematic too because if you're doing some deals during the season before the end of the year with some guys then it can also create the atmosphere well how come you're not doing that with me how come we're not and some guys can can deal with that and, and hold it at arm's length and go ahead and let it happen during the season. Other guys, you don't want to get in contract conversation during the course of the season because, it, you know, as I've always said, there's a time for pay and there's a time for play, and you need to keep the two separate. So there there is some legitimacy to that, but you have to spin it going forward in terms of how, how can we better use this, who can we do this with, and what does that set us up going with the cap going forward? So that is legitimate to a degree, but there is more nuance to it than, than the average fan is going to understand. I guess the last thing I'll ask in this vein is is because the Bengals only have one player on their entire team, B.J. Hill defensive lineman, who came to this team in a trade. They signed uh, free agents, and they've done a great job, by and large, drafting uh, over the last number of years. A lot of years, really, truth be told. Not perfect, but very, very good. Um, Giving up a fifth or a sixth round pick. Now, to you... You may see that totally different than I do. I say to myself, I mean, really, how many fifth or sixth round picks? I'm not saying that there aren't, the game's not littered with Todd Brady. I mean, you go right down the line, right? Of late, right? But at the end of the day, most of them don't make it. Wouldn't you rather have a player that can get you there now than a fifth or a fourth round pick? Or is that wrong? Sure. Well, no, no. And, and, and keep in mind, let's, the underpinning of this, of course, is the Bengals are, how do I say this diplomatically? have always been a very frugal team, okay, in terms of, of their finances, the way they go about it, um, and which is a legitimate approach. Uh, we weren't big on trades in Baltimore, uh, more so from the standpoint, and, and Cincinnati could very well be, is that trades many times are you end up overpaying. Uh, you know, like Dan Rooney, the famous quote was, I don't mind overplaying for a good player. I just don't want to overpay for a bad player. And sometimes when you make trade out of need, which is a terrible barometer to make a trade under, uh, you end up, and like we just said, you, you, you take it on a contract or you make an agreement with the player that we're going to you know, do re-contract with you. Sometimes that puts you in a position where you pay more than you probably should. So I think it has more to do with that. that, that uh, okay. And trades, although they can be useful, uh, when you look over the landscape of, of – uh, of the NFL, and you look at most trades, very far and few between where the trades have really worked well for the team that got the player, that that player is being traded for a reason, uh, and whether that reason can be overcome in the new environment. Not that they all go bad, but but again, because of the contract and, and a difference in the NFL compared to the others, um, I don't know that you you look at a lot of championship teams, the pedigrees that year in, year out seem to be in it, whether it be Baltimore, whether it be Kansas City, particularly in season, uh, that are teams that are particularly big trade. I, I don't mean minor back end, we'll get this guy, yeah, we'll throw you some back end stuff, but that involved uh, that draft capital. I, I think the best teams in the NFL, um, the trade, I mean, there's always that. You, you draft, you get free agency, and you trade. Uh, trading is the last of that three equation if you want to build a good team. All right, last thing I want to ask you about, and I'll let you run. Thank you for your time today. Uh, Strictly from a Dallas Cowboys perspective, 
The Cowboys play the Philadelphia Eagles this week. There is no doubt whatsoever the Eagles so far this year have been the best team. They were the best team in the NFC last year. They get beaten the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts uh, coming off a big game, big fourth quarter the other day. But I'm not talking about Philadelphia. I just want to look at this strictly from Mike McCarthy, Jerry Jones, Dak Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys. The knock on them for years is they can't win a big one. They'll win some games. They'll look good. But when it really gets down to quote-unquote nut-cutting time, they can't get it done. It's only a regular season game. they got to play them again. But is this an important game for the Dallas Cowboys in the future of their season, even though we're only in week nine? Yeah, huge. Huge. I mean, at the end of the day, those big games you're talking about are playoff games. So that's all you're ever going to be measured by. They can they can sweep Philadelphia during the regular season, but I get in the postseason they lose. We're not going to remember that. But where we are right now, and this Cowboy team that thinks it's pretty good, coming off a good game against the Rams, um, to go on the road and beat Philadelphia would be a huge yes, we are for real. They don't. It is on the road, and you could say, okay, I get it, particularly if it's a close game. And you're not done by any stretch of the imagination because obviously they're sitting there at five and two. But that would be a major – send a major signal to both Philadelphia in the division and the NFC as a whole. Yes, we are for real. We are the team we think we are. And uh, so this this would be huge. If they lose, it's not the end of the road. But if they win, it could be a huge catapult step up for them. All right. Brian Billick, we thank you so much for your time, my friend. Have a great rest of your day. We'll do it. All righty. Coach Brian Billick, Super Bowl winning head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. Always great to get his uh, expertise. I love hearing this stuff about the trade stuff because I don't understand a lot why – why, you know, I just look at this Bengals thing. I want to ask you guys the question that I asked at the beginning. I sincerely mean this because, look, we've spent in this town how many years openly questioning the commitment of the baseball team in this town and whether or not they're trying to win. Now, this year, the baseball team, or the last couple of years, they've decided we're going to gut this thing, we're going to build it from the ground up. So far, it looks good. They haven't been to the playoffs, but they've got a lot of really good-looking young players. They've drafted some. They've traded for others. We'll see how this whole thing plays out with the Reds, okay? I'm not going to quote-unquote buy the hype. I like some of their young players, but you got to do it again and again and again and again and again. And there's no guarantee in baseball you will. It feels like in football you get those guys, the Burroughs, the Chases, the Mahomes, those guys, they just keep going. Baseball, that's not the case. So we asked a question about the Reds at the trade deadline. And there are people still debating this now every time we have my dad on. I get him all juiced up uh, about why the Reds didn't make a deal. And I'll stand by my assessment. They should have made a deal because they could be the Arizona Diamondbacks right now. They could be. They might not be, but they could have been. But you'd be trying to go get it, in my opinion, or at least that's a perception. All right, well, what about the Bengals? After being beaten down by the public for years and years and years, and you just heard Brian Billick, everybody in the NFL knows that's what the Bengals are. Frugal's a good word. But they haven't been frugal the last three years. They have not. Okay? You and I both know. They spent a king's ransom on the defense three years ago. They brought in guys like Von Bell and Trey Hendrickson and DJ Reader. 
And all these guys, along with the drafts they made, they brought in a Wouzier, they brought in Mike Hilton, they brought in all these guys to beef up the defense. A year ago, they spent a king's ransom on the offensive line. They did it again this past offseason when they bring in Orlando Brown. And how good was he on Sunday against Nick Bosa? But now you're sitting here, and as I mentioned a moment ago, this team, the last two years, has been less than a handful of plays away from winning the Super Bowl. Okay. In that $12.5 million, they're under the cap. Can you find those four or five plays that make the difference between winning it all and being a runner-up in the championship game, being a runner-up in your own division, being a runner-up if you made it again to a Super Bowl? This is a legitimate question for fans. Everybody's running around with their orange and black glasses on and their t-shirts and their hoodies and their jerseys. And that's all awesome. Me too. I had one on yesterday. But are the Bengals trying to win if you don't make a move? Tom, uh, I, I think that they're trying to win if they don't make a move, but I will, I will say this. If you look at the last couple of years, teams have made trades, big trades either in the offseason or during the middle of the season or in the preseason. They, all, those teams that made it to the Super Bowl have made trades the last couple of years. Even the Bengals. When we made a trade for B.J. Hill in the preseason, we made it to the Super Bowl because we went out and got a guy that we needed to fill in a hole in our roster. Chiefs did it last year with Kadarius Stone. You might laugh at that because of how bad he's played at the beginning of this season. But he's the reason why they made that punt at the end of that AFC championship game. And that's what I'm talking it, it, about. I, I mean, the, that, just, you bring up a great point. That's that's one or two plays. That's it. That's, that's all. It. That's it. And I, in all honesty, I don't know what their thoughts are on the overall roster. They might not even think the tight end position is the issue. They might think they have got a complete roster, but I just can't believe that. I refuse to believe that. Trades they, they are got the Bengals a, trying to win if they don't make a deal. This is the philosophical debate of all sports, right? It's like it, money can't buy two things. It can't really buy championships automatically, and it can't buy time in your life, right? And that's the tough thing with this whole situation. I, I would su I'm not going to suggest that if they don't go out and make a trade, they're not trying to win. That, that seems a little, a little overselling to me. But the idea that there might be an opportunity out there where you get rid of a fourth or fifth or sixth round pick, in my opinion, it's the, it's the same old philosophy with baseball as it is with football in this specific moment. When you're, when, you're, when you're within your window, and I know everyone hates using that word, but that's what you have in all of sports franchises. You have windows. Yes, there is, there, there's the exception to every rule. The, 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 I think, in all honesty... The New England Patriots did one thing. They fooled the entire fan bases of the, all of the NFL in thinking that that is a regularity thing that you could possibly do, which is just every year you just keep churning it over and you're going to get yourself in a spot where you can win the Super Bowl. The Bengals, for all intents and purposes, have a two to three, maybe you could convince me, a four-year window where they genuinely could win a Super Bowl and it's hard for me to express or it's hard for me to suggest that they wouldn't be in the best interest of, their, of them in the next two to three years 
to forego on fourth, fifth, sixth round draft picks. Now, I understand the opposite philosophy, but I would also say same thing I'll say about the Reds. When they're, win when they're within their window, when all of these young guys come up and get, they're ready, if you, aren't, if you don't have a, a big enough or a deep enough roster or farm system or draft class to be able to mask one fourth round trade or one fifth round trade or one sixth round trade, you're probably not a great general manager from the start. Simple Fair as enough. that. Fair enough. Gentlemen, you want to weigh in on this? What do you think? Uh, somebody, by the way, had a great line, Reed, said that you are dressed up in Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. <coughs> yeah. We're all dressed up as something tonight. We're, today, we're not sure what it is. Um, I'm a ghoul. But says that you look like someone Taylor Swift wrote a breakup song about today. Yeah, I look, I look pretty white boy, don't I? I look, I look, like, a, I look like a guy dressed up like I'm going to a pumpkin patch right read now. again. <laughs> Operation <laughs> Pumpkin, bring right. it back. Operation right. Pumpkin, yes, Tom, yes. <laughs> right, absolutely. All but, right, so seriously, what do you think? Tom, the question that you asked, if the Bengals don't make a trade, are they trying to win? <laughs> they're, they're trying to win, Tom. They're $12.5 million under the salary cap. But listen, look what they've done to the roster. Over I'm the past not debating years that, what they that, have that done. Have. I'm not. There's no doubt. And it's like some of the people in the chat saying they could have drafted Michael Mayer. They could have drafted a tight end. All that's true, but it's old news now. <laughs> it's old news. What it could have, should have. I'm asking today, right now, $12.5 million you have available to acquire talent. Are you trying to win? If you don't go try to get somebody or somebody's before four o'clock today that can make you a better team, are you truly trying to win? Yeah, because everything they've done over the past few years has made this roster, has perceived to make this roster better. So a couple questions you got to ask yourself. Who's available? Like who, what tight ends or whatever position that these Bengals need to, to get? Who's available? And then what's the price tag? Yeah, if you can get a Darren Waller for a six-round pick, sure. Yeah, that sounds great. If okay. I could go buy a Lamborghini for $10, I'll be at the dealership tomorrow, Tom. But here's the thing. The Bengals have a good roster. That's what I've been preaching all season long, is that they already have a roster, an offense that can be elite. They already have a defense that can be elite. So instead of worrying about what outside sources can come in and make the team better, why not just worry about what's already in the locker room? Can these guys play better? Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I, I agree with everybody. what everybody said. They're, the Bengals are trying to win football games. Whether or not they make a trade doesn't matter to me. It's not the same as baseball. The, 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 it's not the same as baseball. It's, 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 it's just nowhere near the same right, let's thing. Let's stop I, there a second. Let's okay. stop there. You, when you say that, you mean what? So I make sure I understand that. It's not the same as baseball. Why? Uh, I, I would say the money situation is different. The, the, trading draft picks is vastly different. Um, you're not going to trade high level. So the trades in the NFL, you're primarily going to trade draft picks. It doesn't work like that in the MLB. But it, prospects are draft picks, the same thing. Well, if you if you trade a double A, if you trouble double A a double A position player, you could say and make the argument that's the same exact thing as as, as trading a fourth round pick. I, I, I would make I, the no, but, I would make the argument no. that it's a better player you're giving up if it's a top 12 or 15 prospect in your organization because they've at least proven something i mean you actually know who that human being is yeah. right Maybe. it could be some guy who who uh was your second round pick three years ago and now his first two years in the minor leagues of professional baseball he has torn it up we're talking about just some 
some random thought out there when you trade away a sixth round pick. We have no idea who that's going to be. You, so what I are think, you really giving up? I think what Elliot's trying to say is that the, the precedent of trades in the MLB, it's, it's as, as part of the game, a part of the, re, the midseason as the All-Star game, right? You, you get to the point where July 31st, you get in July, we've got the All-Star game, we've got the trade deadline, it's an exciting thing. In the NFL, it doesn't happen a whole lot. For whatever reason. So because it's yeah. nor- so because it's right. I'll let I'll let I'll let Elliot uh, finish his point because he's gonna say it. Yeah, but, so but, but what you're Elliot. Sa- Elliot, what you're saying ahead. right now is yes, just because it's normalized it's that makes Correct. it different when that in reality means nothing. Well, it's harder. So well, it's harder there's... to trade when 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 it's there's not this norm across the teams because teams yeah. aren't gonna be willing to trade as likely just because it hasn't been normalized. There's also seven picks you're dealing with in the NFL. There's infinity prospects in baseball. There's infinity. So I, I would say that's. The, the main difference, you keep your draft picks sacred because you only have so many of them. You have seven draft picks every year. You go to the MLB, you have three. So you keep your you, top prospects sacred then? You have three. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, I, I would, and that's what the Reds did. Oh, would, that's a new one. All right, good. good, I, I, good that, that's what the Reds did. Is that not what the Reds did? No, I, but I mean, for everyone that was did. yelling trade, 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 I don't care. Give up a top prospect. You're you're saying that you shouldn't do that. I'm just trying to. I was I'm trying the, to sort through this. I was this. on the side of the Reds earlier right. this year when they did not do that. We're on the same page. Then. So I, but the, for me, trading a single A, double A guy and trading a fifth round draft pick are vastly different. It's just vastly different. Not to mention the Bengals have never done this to begin with. So I, I, I'm okay with it. If they don't make a trade, that's fine by me. Don't we think what? the Bengals and the Reds are in two different spots? Though? The Bengals are in a spot where they genuinely can win. They can win the Super Bowl. The Reds are in a spot where and yeah, you could sit here and convince me, oh, whatever, right. you know, the Reds can be the Diamondbacks. They can win yeah. the World Series. They're not in the same spot. If, if Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McClain were two years ahead of time now, I'm not going to sit here and be like, no, don't trade that double-A pitcher because they don't need, you know, we want to save that guy for later and we don't need this big-time reliever to come in and possibly help us win the World Series. I'm not going to be that guy. I think the Bengals are in a, a much different spot than the Reds were this past offseason or this past trade deadline. So I know we're trying to be weird here and can compare it to different things, but I'm, I'm in Tom's corner of saying, and I think Casey to a small extent, of saying, you know what, like, if not now, then when? Yeah. Well, I think, That's I think fair. You're, you're, no you're, talk, you're yeah. talking about people that, that you, you say that the Patriots have warped people's brains into thinking that this can, this can continue to happen, that you can continue being a top team in the NFL. Well, how you do it is you keep hitting on draft picks. That's why the Patriots aren't good anymore. It's because they haven't hit on draft picks recently. We want to talk about trading a six-round pick. Who do the Bengals get in the sixth round this year? Does anyone know? Yoshi who has scored a touchdown in two consecutive games and has looked very good helping out and helping this offense find itself. So, yeah, you could say that the Bengals are in a position where they could start, they, they, they could go all in, right? They, they could go for these things. But I'm also in the opinion, one, I said this a couple weeks ago, and I know, I know we're a sports talk show and we got we to talk about things that are happening, but it's hard for me to wrap my head around something that I know that's just not going to happen and the Bengals aren't going to do a trade. And that's, that's the whole point of the argument. And then, two, I like what the Bengals have done with their draft picks over, over recent years, so I'm not willing to give up what they've done because they've been hitting so frequently at their draft. On top of that, too, the reason why the cap is what it is is because they like to hold on to just enough money in case someone gets hurt so that they can go out and get a free agent past the trade deadline, which right now there's no injuries on the team that are significant enough for them to be looking for a trade necessarily. They would be looking to possibly improve the roster, which I just don't think that they believe – 
that their roster needs improvement right now. I, I genuinely don't think that because there is no such thing as that. There's not a team in the NFL that looks at its roster. And I'm talking about the team's general managers. Duke Tobin looks at this team and sees the warts. Well, the, if that's the case, We've then, seen Tom, a lot of then, warts then, the first six weeks of the year. a sixth or seventh round draft pick trading that shouldn't be a big deal. I agree. It shouldn't be a big deal, but it, it is to them. So I just, I don't know. I, I Part of the other thing, too, is the availability of players. That's right. And I think the, the, the Hunter Henry thing, that, that's a big tight end that's been thrown around right now. He's got $12 million, I think, on his contract, right. something like that. That's that a would, big part of it. That would take up most of the cap space they have available. Yep. I don't think they'd make that trade. It'd be someone like Mike Gusecki, who has like $4 million on, on his contract left or something like that, the, where they can absorb yeah, it Darren easier. Waller just got hurt last weekend. So he left that, the game yeah. with a hamstring injury. That's He's probably got a lot of too, money though. on his. And, and now all of a sudden, though, I, I mean, I don't know what his status is for this week's game, but he left the game injured the other day in the toilet bowl, as you called it. If the it Bengals could bowl. redo it, would they, would they, would they decide – to uh, would they decide to do the tight end situation differently in the offseason? Would they, they just say, you know what, we're just going to pay. We're, we, he's already been here. He's at, he's had success. We're going to pay him. We're going to pay him. He, we might be overpaying a little bit, but we got the money to spend. Well, they, 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 they the, the word about Hayden Hurst was – He's a first-round pick. Was was the, the word about, if you're talking about Hayden Hurst, is that you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, the word was that they offered him the same amount of money as the Panthers did. The Panthers offered him longer. That's right. That's that One was that year. was the word. So the Bengals weren't willing to yeah. commit extra years to there. So it wasn't an amount of money. I think if the Bengals could go back in time, I don't think they'd draft Miles Murphy because yeah. that is apparent because they've extended both their defensive ends, the guy and they that's who they drafted in the first round. I think that they just thought this exponential talent that was a top 10 pick 3 weeks prior to the draft fell into their lap and they're like, "All right, this is a talent. Let's see if we can turn him into something." They might turn into something, but I think at this very moment they would have used him on a tight end if they could go back and do this. Yeah. I will I, I will say this about the interview we just had with Billick. He said something that I thought was very interesting and this is a Super Bowl winning coach, but he said that when you're trading, you don't want to trade from a place of need. And that doesn't that doesn't track in my brain. Where else do you trade from? What do you mean you don't trade from a place of need? Like, you're trading well, for— Well, no, oftentimes, I think what he means by that is a lot of times you might just be trying to get rid of a contract. Okay. But, you know, you look at teams yeah. like right now, that, that whether it's the Raiders or whether it's the Broncos or whether it's uh, who are some of the other teams that have been talked about might be, you know, clearing the decks. But just use those two as an example. The Bears, to a lesser extent, but they, some of the other. They, they want to get some of the – they're not trading for, for need today to make their team, I think is what he meant. They, they were trading for desperation. They're trading – well, not desperation, but they want to be able to free up. It's like I read in that James Harden deal. The 76ers on this thing uh, are opening up 50 to $60 million under the salary cap. So – a lot of times you're not trading because you need something necessarily right now. I mean, you're trading because of what you're trying to do moving forward okay. as far as long term, okay. I think is what he meant. Okay. I don't want to speak for him. Right, right. But I hear you. I thought well, the same thing when I initially heard I thought that was an interesting. What, yeah. what are the positions that the Bengals should trade for? Right now it's tight end and then maybe a backup running back. That's what we're looking at. Is that it? Is, are those the only two positions? I still think because you have to make a call. I mean, I think you have to make a call, a, a call to find out if there's another pass rusher out there. Because okay. you're not getting it from Miles Murphy. 
Hendrickson's having a great year, but we saw him walk up the field the other day. Thank God he came back and was able to play. If he disappeared tomorrow for some reason, you are in big trouble getting to the quarterback. Right. And there is no such thing as having enough guys that can get to the quarterback. There's no such thing. Game wreckers. Yeah, I agree with that. I would, I would reach out. I would just start calling around saying, hey, you got this guy. And I got that guy. Whatever it might be. And, and everybody wants to make it about Irv Smith. All you guys are ready to throw in the towel on Irv Smith. I'm not right. throwing the towel in on the guy. You know, I would, I would, I would persecute the whole entire tight end room. Honestly, Drew Sample ain't cutting whoa, it for me. Whoa, here we go. Here Mitchell we go. Wilcox yep. ain't cutting it for me. You just gotta add more depth, regardless of who you get. I mean, that that's, that was kind of my point. Was you can go and get a guy. It doesn't have to be Hunter Henry. It could be any tight end in the NFL, and I think you're improving that position group significantly. Yeah. But if you're asking which positions the Bengals need to look for. I'm also going with interior linemen, too. I, I, Falson has been one of the worst guards in the NFL so far in his career. I so. think depth, I think depth on the line the would be round. nice. I, I think you can't I – I think depth at, on the line is something that has hurt the Bengals the past few years, especially last year as we get in, in the postseason, and someone's going to get hurt, at least going to get banged up for a game or two. But as, for Tom, as, as for pass rush, that was the one thing that I've always said about the Bengals is I, I look at all these great teams in the league – and they're getting to the quarterback at such a frequent rate. I didn't. I haven't seen that with the Bengals at it, and it's gotten better. It's gotten a lot I, better. But I still haven't seen that. That being said, I think if the Bengals go out and trade for a pass rush, we want to talk about kind of putting ourselves in a really tough bind and going into the future. That would put the Bengals in a really tough bind because they've got both Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard locked up for years to come. And they just spent first first round a first round draft pick on a defensive end, and I'm not ready to throw Miles Murphy out. Actually, I feel decently confident knowing that if Trey Hendrickson or Sam Hubbard go down, we have a first round pick that could step in and take that role. Now, I would like to see a little more, a few more snaps from Miles Murphy, but I feel like if, if the Bengals go out and trade for a defensive end or a pass rusher, that puts the Bengals yeah. in a bind going forward. You also probably lose Osai too. Right. If you do that, you're you're definitely. Oh, what are you getting Osai. from him? I mean, serious. Well, we've already got two well, guys playing in front of him. What is the guy doing? I mean, you know, got look, two players playing in front of him. We get so wrapped up, and we're no different than any other place. You draft your guys, you see him make a handful of good plays in a big game, and I give the kid credit. He played really well against Kansas City last year in the championship game. He made the mistake at the end, but I'm never going to beat him down for that. That was a mistake, and people make mistakes, and, and you move on from that. I have nothing to hold no grudge against a guy. But, but how long are you going to look at some of these guys and saying, oh, we've been hearing about all the steps forward in the offseason made by Carter and Osai? And hey, I mean, where are they when you play on Sunday? Well, you you have taking majority of the snaps though, Tom. You I understand, but when they get the a chance to play, it's like Miles Murphy. Jolly Jolly asked, "Are we throwing in a towel on Miles Murphy?" No, but right now he's doing nothing. He's not even warranting snaps to play in the game based on what he's doing in practice. Do you think the Bengals want to play Sam Hubbard? And Trey Hendrickson, 90% of the snaps in the game? No! But you know what? They have to. Why? Because all these guys we've been talking about, oh, it's a big offseason. Big step for the big step for that guy. Where is he? Here's the thing, Tom. And Osai's been hurt, so I'm gonna cut him a little slack. He was hurt early in the year. So he gets a little rope. Who was the Bengals' first round draft pick last year? 
Last year, it was uh, Camp Taylor Britt. It was Dax Hill. I mean, Dax Hill, forgive me. Dax forgive Hill, the safety. Did yes. he play a whole lot last no, year? No, he did not. Why? Who was in front well, of him? Well, now Je- hold on a second. Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Hold on a second. Safeties generally, you're seeing some rotating there now at safety. Okay, with Battle and, and um, the kid Nick they brought in from the ring. Yeah. Generally, safeties don't come out of the game a lot. I get it's a lot Their more Their snap counts much higher than a defensive lineman or a linebacker. Much higher. So, I mean, that's kind of apples to oranges. I get what you're saying. But, you know, like you said, you knew last year that those two guys were going to be good. At the end of the day, the Bengals pretty much knew they weren't bringing Bates back. They knew that. Right. Even going into last year. Right. I think all of us were caught off guard a little bit by the Von Bell thing. Sure. Okay. So they did what they got to do. And I'm not saying Murphy, he might be a Pro Bowl player for the next 10 years. I hope he is. Seems like a great kid. He's got all the talent. He's got all the ability in the world. But I am focused on right now. Does anybody think T. Higgins is going to be here next year? He will be because he'll get a, he'll get tagged at the very least, right? Well, I don't know. I don't know, know, I don't know if they can pay two receivers $20 million next year. Hmm. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, is back to what tra- – I mean, this – is a time when you're not wondering like the Reds and, 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 and Trey Sprott. Would the Reds be the Diamondbacks? Would they have beaten the Brewers in the opening round? I, probably not. The Brewers kicked their tail all year long. Would they have beaten the Dodgers in the second round? Probably not. With this Bengals team, all of us in this room know this team can win the Super Bowl. So what's going to happen and who's going to be there to make it happen now? The last 10 games of the regular season and then into January and perhaps even into February. Who can make it happen now? Is Chase Brown that guy? Might be. Miles Murphy that guy? Might be. Is Kevin Carter that guy? Huh. Might be. Irv Smith? Tanner Hudson? Drew Sample, are they the guys? They might be. I hope they are. And Duke Tobin has forgotten more about this talent and about these players than I'll ever know. I just know that right now today, that what we've seen through seven weeks, and perhaps unfair, because Burrow was not healthy, their most recent game was their best game. The other six games we watched this team play, they were nowhere close to being a Super Bowl contender. No doubt. Okay, so we'll find out if maybe Sunday's game is, is the norm, right? Right. And if so, they're good enough to win it, so you don't have to make a deal. But I guarantee you that's a question at least. Mike Brown, Katie Brown, Troy Blackburn, Duke Tobin, Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, Lou Anarumo, they're all talking about this right now, or should be. I think, you know, this side of the room, I think, is all in agreement that a trade should be had. If it's reasonable. If it's reasonable. And that's that's the key, right? Like, people are saying uh, Chase Young in the chat. What would it take to get Chase Young, who I think would be an immediate upgrade from all the backups, maybe even better than, than, uh, than Sam Hubbard, but... 
that is going to cost you a lot That's of right. capital to get a guy like that. So can you find a trade that makes sense? For a guy that's going to add to your depth, I just don't know. I don't think that's available at the current moment. If we if we get a guy like Chase Young, it certainly would make the team better this year. But it would it would lock up so much capital that this team has on one position that it doesn't need to because it's already locked up for the future. It when would, you say that, you mean the the, the it would be like the Reds trading for a, a, an infielder at the trade deadline yeah, this year. Like they've already stop. got the. Future. You're talking about an edge rusher. Yeah. Yeah. I. You can't convince me that an edge rusher is the same as a middle infielder because you you can convince me that an edge well, rusher just, is I'm like saying, relievers. I'm, no, I'm just saying that an edge rusher is an important part of a, a a football team. Probably the third most important part of a football team, and the Reds or the Bengals already have their future mapped out, right? By locking up Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, and then drafting Miles Murphy. So similar to how the Reds have Matt McClain, Ellie De La Cruz, all these guys locked sure. up on the infield. It'd be like the Reds all of a sudden trading for a middle infielder. Yeah, you could get somebody that would immediately make the team better now. Sure, that makes sense. But for the future going forward, it's already locked up. So the, the edge rusher thing doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Because I think it just spends way too much capital on an area that is already perceived to be very good on this team. I didn't. I didn't. I never used the word edge rusher. I never said it's that. A pass rusher. I said a guy that can get to the quarterback. Okay. That can come in the interior as well. Well, can DJ, you get DJ a, Hill and DJ Reader do a good job too there? But that's that's not as that's not as long term of a plan as it is for the edge rushers. But yes, Kate Trace. And, and I would also argue really quickly too. I'm just looking at the snap counts, the the stats and whatnot. What you. The Cam Sample is the backup edge rusher on this team in terms of snaps and yeah. whatnot. And he's not that far behind from Sam Hubbard. I mean, he's got half the amount of pressures that Sam Hubbard has. He has half the amount of sacks that Sam Hubbard has. Yep. So it's not like – like you're also losing that too. Like there's just – I don't know. I don't feel like you – can't, you can't get Chase Young either because you only have him for this year and then he's gone. It's his one contract year, and then, well, that, like you can't, you also can't trade for a player that's only going to be here for a year. Right, for let, that me much let me ask you this. Let me, and then we got to get to the weather. Let me ask you this. In the DN scenario, you would not trade a fourth round draft pick right now for Chase Young to have him the rest you, of this season. You will not get him for a fourth round pick. He's going to walk out the door in DC, and he's going to get paid. Can we ask the question: What would you give up then? If if if, if you don't it, think what, just answer so, that question straight up. If you if, if there it, was an yeah. option for Chase Young for a fourth round pick, would you take it? What I would do is probably package a player and try to get like a fifth round pick out of them instead. That I would feel a little bit more comfortable with. Or so like Drew Sample and a fifth round pick for Chase Young. Well, yeah, I'd probably I'd probably give up like Cam Sample or Joseph Osai for for that. For that. Okay, deal. but what if you? you I really quickly. One of those guys. Really, say, really, really quickly, just so we know what the fourth round picks for the Bengals have in the last year. Charlie Jones. Okay. Never plays. Cordell Volson. He was been hurt. Co no, I don't care. Cordell Never Volson. plays. Can we just say Cordell Volson? He's a starter they had, on this team. They had – you like that? They have three – I'm just asking. You, he just said he would trade for Cordell Volson. He'd get, get rid of Cordell, Cordell Volson. Cordell Volson played yeah. better last year. He had three fourth-round picks the next, the next year. Three of them. All right. Uh, Tyler Shelvin. That was bad. Dante Smith. He played, but not great. Cam Sample. He's a valuable depth guy. Yes. All right. Uh, let's go to the next year. Akeem Davis Gaithier. 
he's depth at linebacker too. And uh, the, the, well, this we're getting past. But 2019, you had you had four or uh, three fourth round picks again. You ready for him? Ryan Finley. Elite. Rennell Wren. Turn this team around. And Michael Jordan. So you guys. Uh, Michael the Jordan. Goals, the goals. You guys. Oh, my God. Tom, the Tom, Jordan, Tom they sit here. They sit here and they say they wouldn't give up possibly getting Chase Young for a fourth round pick. But then they turn around and they draft. They draft uh, guys like Brad Robbins for the sixth round pick, which he uses is Ishavit. Uh, what's Talented his name? Young Yoshi. Man. Yoshi. Yoshi. You got Yoshi, who by all means has two touchdowns. He has three catches all year. So if you want to put him on the, uh, if you want to put him in the in the realm that you don't want to give up a sixth round pick because you got Brad Robbins from your sixth round pick last year, great pick. And then you also got a guy that's caught three balls this year for you. Then by all means, listen, sit here and act listen, like you can't possibly you, you can trade. You can right, trade we a fourth. Get, we got to get. We'll continue this back because we got Charlie coming on in a minute, right? Yeah, he's he's waiting. Actually, is I gotta, he waiting? Yeah, I got I got to talk to him real quick. All right, you talk to him real quick. And uh, are we doing the weather today? Or are we not? Well, Let's I run. Uh, I got. Well, how long do you need, Tom? How long? How long? I'm good. Need? I'll wait. I can wait and go after we talk to Charlie. Well, I don't Let's know, Charlie. Then we'll do. For those that don't know, I had there's a there's a one minute uh, clip of Lane Kiffin. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but it's a little funny bit. We can use it as a small segue here. Um, Lane Kiffin always uses opportunities to like slightly roast <laughs> other people. Um, he was asked about how he felt about his team being in the top ten the last three years, and he used it as a glorious opportunity of trying to find his backdoor way of just killing Jimbo Fisher. So if Casey's able to, to multitask here, I don't know if he can. And we do have a super chat. Um, we have a super chat real we, quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Drew, Drew Garrison says Sam Hubbard is, uh, is a more complete football player than Chase Young, respectfully. Uh, but Young would be a great addition for the rotation. I agree with Drew. I agree with Drew. Uh, Sir Boy Wonder says we want old commercials, Casey. Run them. <laughs> Trace? No. Do you like the old commercials? Do I like the old commercials? Yeah, the commercials you would run before I got here. No. 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 <laughs> Absolutely not? not. Because I, we just don't like those commercials. I don't know how else to say it. I like them. All right. Charlie's ready if you're wanting to get to him. All right. Well, let's get to uh, Charlie here, and then we will, uh, we will um, circle back on, uh, on tie a ribbon around some of this stuff. Want to get into college football rankings as well. Uh, the first one comes out later tonight. You know, a lot of debate on resumes and, and this kind of thing. But look, Charlie Walter, who of course uh, has right here on Chatter, Chatterbox everything that is uh, UC Bearcats. You've seen him in Lexington, Reds pregame shows out in California. Guy's been everywhere for crying out loud. Charlie, how are you, man? You're looking good. Ah, Hopefully I'm looking good because our Bobcats aren't, man. That was a uh, tough weekend against the Red Hawks. I watched oh, an exact amount of zero plays in that game, and I'm glad I watched zero of it because it was tough, man. It was it, tough. It was more humbling when you did watch it, and I did watch it. It was not pretty. Miami gave them a tail kicking. That guy's got it going on up there. I mean, they beat UC. <laughs> Nobody saw that coming. Hey, They're 7-2 on Chuck, the year. right? Yep. Yeah, his name's Chuck. Anyone named Chuck, they, they, they have it going, so they say. <laughs> That's exactly right. Do you go by Chuck? It's my radio name. So I go by Charlie TV when I'm telling the feature stories, you know, and, and then when I let it rip, I go with Chuck on the radio. So I did okay. a little radio in San Francisco, a little TV up there. It was Charlie Walter on TV, a little more formal, suit and tie, and then when I throw on the athletic attire, Chuck Walter. Chuck Walter, were some of your old buddies and colleagues out there in San Francisco, I'm sure you talked to a few of them leading up to the game and all that kind of thing, and maybe even after the game. Uh, any thoughts from them about what the Bengals did out there this week? 
They're down on the 49ers right now. It's crazy how things change in about a week. They were thinking, or two weeks, I guess, in this instance, they were thinking that this team could win 14, 15 games and really glide through the schedule. There wasn't really a weakness on this team as of a couple weeks ago. I mean, you had the best running back in the game, a great receiver's room, formidable offensive line, and then a defense that was dominant. That defense all of a sudden without D'Amico Ryans is crumbling quite a bit. Doesn't look nearly as good. Bengals carved them up. Uh, Joe Burrow, I called it. The alien game from Joe Burrow. He, he looked like a surgeon out there, just picking them apart like a Thanksgiving turkey. Um, it was it was incredible stuff. And then um, Bengals were the healthier team. 49ers didn't have Debo. They didn't have um, Trent Williams in this one. So the Bengals caught him at the right time. And, yeah, good, good things from Cincinnati right now. I'm liking yeah. what I'm seeing. All right, now one thing that's not good. We're going to get to the basketball in a minute because I'm actually really excited about Bearcats basketball this year. I'm excited about it every year, but I, I, I think there's a lot of possibility there. We'll get to that in a second. The football thing, uh, I, I'm not in the camp, Charlie, about everybody beating down Satterfield. Now, look, it may prove to be the right thing, beating down Satterfield, but I've always kind of felt like, you know, you know college coaches – they, they probably ought to get about four or five years on a contract to see what they can do when they get their players. Uh, and now with a transfer portal, you know, as soon as he shows up, other guys are walking out the door with Fickle or going somewhere else. But the bottom line is they've, won, they, they've lost six straight games, and it was ugly in the second half against Oklahoma State. What, what do you think's going on there, and, and what can they do to salvage this season at this point? Well, I'm glad I'm not John Cunningham because he's in a tough spot right now. And as a fan, it's it's a brutal situation to be in because you have to give Scott Satterfield a chance. You can't fire him after one year. That's unheard of. Going into a new conference, picking up a new roster late and having to plug the pieces in. So you can't fire him. But I feel like I've seen enough. And granted, it's only been eight games, so this is a ridiculous thing to say. But like you alluded to, I feel like I've seen enough to where he's not the right guy for the job. I mean, there was a sequence the other week where Xavier Henderson picked up like 50 yards. They follow with three run plays back to back. The offense is just, it's so predictable right now. Before the half, in a couple of games this year, they had the ball at midfield with like 45 seconds to go in the half, and they're running quarterback draws, design draws. Um, Henderson's the team's best player. He continuously disappears. You're the coach. Find a way to get your best player the ball. They're not doing it. Then you have the Emory experiment. Um, all you had to do, literally, was go drink some O'Doul's at, at a local watering hole in Gainesville or at a local watering hole in Tempe and ask the faithful there what they thought about Emory. And they would have told you that it wasn't going to end well. And uh, this is the best that the Cats are doing two years following a postseason berth. Um, and they had a chance to have Ben Bryant. They let him walk, remember, and um, – Spring ball, yep. Ben Bryant was a Bearcat this year, and he didn't win the starting job, or at least it was favored towards Emory at the time. He didn't want to deal with the competition, so he transfers out, and um, it's tough. But at the same time, it's it's a double-edged sword because there isn't anything Scott has done to make me say, look, that's my coach. I'm excited about him. But then again, you look at UCF, you look at Houston, you look at BYU entering the Big 12. It's clearly a jump, and I don't think you can actually fire the guy after one year unless the culture is very toxic, John Brandon style, which I, it doesn't appear to be right now from anything I've read or seen. So I'd be shocked if they fire him, but I also, at the same time, don't think he will have much success at Cincy. Um, seems like a great place to be, right, as a fan? 
Well, Purgatory. Not, yeah, yeah, it's not good. Uh, Bearcat fans have been here before, but they've been spoiled by the Brian Kellys and Butch Joneses and, uh, and Luke Fickles of the world. Uh, it's been an amazing run with those guys. Um, Basketball-wise, um, where, where are they with the appeal on the two, the, 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 the double transfers, the two players that have transferred twice that were initially ruled ineligible for this upcoming season? Has there been any movement on that front or any news or word on the street on that front? Let's go full reporter mode here and kind of break down why these guys are so important real quick. Aziz Bandango, obviously the transfer from Utah Valley, uh, whack defensive player of the year. He could score down low, really good player. And then Jameel Reynolds averaged 10 and five last year at Temple. He's a big body that would be huge for the Cats. And then Wes has really been hyping him up all off season. Why I'm confident that these two will be eligible. It's because Wes has made it seem that way. He's been adamant that he won't even think about going into this season without the two because he's trusting the process, banking on the fact that these two meet all the guidelines to play. And uh, the Ohio Attorney General's getting involved. Dave Yost. Yeah. Yeah, I always have to do that whenever I hear the name Yost. Remember the Titan shout out there. (laughs) But uh, Yost said, and our future right here of getting back to the tournament lies in the hands of Dave Yost. He said that not letting Aziz play is potentially illegal in a court document. Yost started throwing in uh, Alston versus the NCAA and all these different cases. When you start throwing in cases, I I I like the case to be made there. I I think the NCAA has no idea what they're doing with this. It's supposed to be for the kids. It's supposed to be helping out the student athletes. He meets the criteria. He's transferring because of mental health reasons and to be closer to the family that he has, obviously not from this country. And uh, that's why I'm confident. And from my sources, and granted, Tom, I haven't been in Cincy in a minute. I was in the San Francisco market for three years, so I'm not going to act like I I know all these people in the program. But I'm in enough group texts with Bearcats fans and know enough people to where – When there's smoke, there's fire, I hope. From what I've heard, take it with a grain of salt. Expect another answer from the NCAA before November 3rd. Um, After that, you can expect it to go to the courts. I think maybe the two start the year ineligible, but at some point, based on what Wes has been saying and what I've heard in these um, behind the scenes, I guess you could say, is that it sounds like both will play before the uh, out-of-conference slate is done. So fingers crossed there. Who knows? Uh, yeah, fingers crossed is right, because I think they could have a chance to have a pretty doggone good team this year if those two big guys can play. At least they're two big guys that can compete in that Big 12 conference, the best college basketball conference, no doubt, uh, in the country. Um, I had a chance uh, here at Chatterbox, we did a few of their games on TV, to see Rayvon Griffith out of uh, Taft High School. Um, this is a big-time five-star recruit. Everybody and his brother was after this guy, decides he's going to stay home. What have they seen out of him so far in this his freshman year during at least the workouts leading up to the season starting? That's what I want to know. I want someone in the chat. I want the the mouse cop. I know he's a huge Bearcats yeah, fan. Yeah, he's going to be Bearcat hopping Bearcats. He likes page. Reed yeah. a lot. He I likes know, Reed uh, Mouse he, a lot. He's he's get he's getting all the guys with the pitchforks to hop in the Chatterbox Bearcats post game show. <laughs> so we can't wait. Uh, trolls are welcome. Obviously, adversity is welcome in the chat room because Wes Miller's not losing many games this year. Will Rayvon Griffith be a part of it? I don't know why we're not talking about Rayvon. Chose Cincinnati over Alabama, Kansas, uh, Ohio State, UCLA. Big wing that can play the two, could play the small forward, and could get hot from deep in a hurry. That's what I love about him. I mean, the athleticism is great. 
But you assume that maybe the handles aren't going to be there from day one. But his junior year, when he played at Taft, was 37 and 97, good for 38% from deep, averaged 20 points per game, could grab boards, uh, has length that he uses to block shots. State champion, we love that. Serious bounce, so I, I love it. He adds versatility to a uh, a team that has a bunch of versatility this year, which is going to be key. You know, the last guy I want to ask you about, because there were moments last year where he got you really excited, but then being a young guy, he disappeared. Skillings. I, you know, there, there were a couple of games, I think the Houston game, if I'm not mistaken. He had a great game, and that was the best team they played the entire year. Uh, obviously, he'll be getting a lot more minutes this coming season. They got to be excited about him, right? Oh, absolutely. I think if uh, the Bearcats are a really good team this year, they're going to have a bunch of guys that that add to the equation, but they're going to have a bona fide star. And I think Dan Skillings or one of those big guys that transferred in or potentially Victor Locken has a chance to to be that star for this year's team. Best quality of the team is versatility. And Skillings and, and Rayvon Griffith, those are two guys that, you know, give you that long athlete, can yep. get to the basket, finish and transition, you think, with Rayvon. They give you that quality. Um, then you got Seamus Lukosius, uh, Frederick, Rayvon, really good shooters. Jizzle James and Day-Day Thomas, really good speed. You got Aziz, Jamil, Odie, and Vic who give you the size. Newman, who's a defensive specialist, who knows what he gives you offensively. So this team can weave in and out so many lineups. I mean, you're talking about uh, a potential uh, shooting lineup where you put Seamus, Rayvon, and Frederick in there. Those are three guys that can really play at the same time, potentially, with two bigs. A rim-running lineup where you have the speed of Day-Day, who's supposed to be one of the fastest people since, you know, Kane Broom in the program. Uh, Rayvon Griffith, Skillings, Odie, and Bandago. I mean, can you imagine that lineup going to the rim? You could get the Bruisers lineup going with Jizzle James, who has that toughness pedigree, being the son of Hall of Famer Edron James. You could throw Newman in there. Josh Reed has a big body, Victor, Jameel. This team just has so much versatility and depth that they can really work around with these lineups. And we're hoping that Dan Skillings can fit in every single one of those lineups, that he can be a 35% shooter from deep. Because last year, he, he showed the capabilities to hit a few, but also um, he was building some houses with the bricks he was throwing up from time to time. And then um, defensively, I thought he showed a lot of flashes and – He's got crazy athleticism and has some moves that make you say, wow. At the same time, he he gives you some moments out there that makes you think you're watching a young version of Shaq Thomas again, who Bearcats fans always thought would you know take it to that next level, or a Darnell Wilkes, who was like, Wilkes, he's got all the talent there. All he has to do is put it together. I think Dan Skillings is a little more polished than those guys, and I think it'll show off this year. Looks good. Did something in the Monster Factory. He's got these big traps now. He's doing his trap bar lifts like like uh, Trace does on Mondays and Wednesdays. So, um, yeah, good stuff. I, I really like what I've seen from this team as a whole. If they can get those two transfers in there. If not, it comes down to Vic and Odie down low. Can this team win in the Big 12 without a bunch of size? But th the hope is that both those guys are at least disease because he got the note. The, the doctor's note from, was it uh, Dave Yost? Yost! Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's my monologue there. Okay. All right, when do we see you back on the air again? What do you got what do you got going on these days? I'm in sales, man. I've got into sales. Um gotten out of the TV um medium for now. The good news is, Tom, this is an industry nowadays 
that you could get a bigger following and a bigger fan base and bigger viewership on the internet than you can local TV. It's a great space to be in right now. The internet's not going anywhere. I got my makeshift studio behind me with nice. some plastic brick. Um, if I ever get thirsty, the Don Julio, which is yet to be cracked open. Maybe if the Bearcats go into the uh, the Centos Center this year and get it done for the first time since Logan was patrolling the team, um, th that'll be cracked open. But Chatterbox Bearcats, we're fired up about it. Um, tough getting out of TV, at least for the moment. But uh, the good news is, is you can make that. Make that coin from nine to five in the sales job. And then Chatterbox Bearcats and our show, The Chatter, is where the focus is going to be. Just having a good time, being able to say whatever I want until Trey says, hey, knock that off. You, you went a little too far there um, talking about the, the Bearcats point guards. But, yeah, that's that's where we stand right now, looking to have a really good time with this team. Got to get back to the NCAA tournament. Uh, the, the blocks are back. The swagger's back. I believe in Wes Miller show something in year three. Just give me something in the right direction, and that is competing in the Big 12. I'm with you all the way. I'm with you all the way. Charlie, thank you for your time today, my friend. Great catching up with you and great seeing you again. Welcome back. Good stuff, Tom. Good to be with you. All Thanks right, for man. being on the team. Thank you. Charlie Walter, kind enough to join us. Really appreciate his time today. All right, uh, we got to get to... Is, is uh, Elliot inside or outside today with the weather? It's sunny, but it's really chilly. I think he's, he's going to do it from inside. He's, he's, he said it was going to be cold So today. he's soft like a lot of people around town. Oh, walking around, oh, my God, I'm not ready for winter. Tom, what were you saying before the show started? I said the studio was like it was like a meat locker. You're like, it's cold I didn't cold say anything burr. about outside. Burr. I said in here it was freezing. Well, it's a little warmer in here than it is outside. 62 degrees or whatever it was in here. Mm. Oh, it's so cold in here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, it's, it's time for our locals at 11, well past 11, I might add, 11, 17, 11, 18. Uh, and we still have my, lots more to talk about here today, but without further ado and ready for the cold climbs of his hometown, here's Elliot. <laughs> well, hey, 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 everybody. It is chilly. I'm not going to lie to you. It's cold. It's cold as what's the, as a, as a warlock's tit. Is that what the, is that what the saying is? It's a, it's cold as a warlock's tit. I think that's what I heard on the internet once. So, so that's what it is. I got up this morning, and I'm not kidding you. I left my window open in my room. I like it. I like it chilly. When I go to bed, I like the room chilly. I have to. I'm, I'm covered in blankets, but the room has to be chilly outside of me, so I feel good. I was freezing. I woke up and I was freezing. My my eyeballs were were frozen shut. I got out to my car, windshield frozen. Had to uh, had to uh, what was it? Uh, 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 defrost it. My car, my Chevy Impala. Shout out. Defrost wasn't working. Had to go to my dad's car, grab that, drove it here. So that's what we have. 2003 Chevy Impala unfortunately failed. That's how cold it is uh, in the greater Cincinnati area. And by greater Cincinnati, of course, I mean Hamilton uh, because Hamilton is Cincinnati. It's the same thing. So, again, low of 22 today, high of 60. That's not accurate. Probably a high of 40. But it'll feel like 60 in your heart because the sun is out. And when the sun is out, when the sun is shining, you're going to feel really good. So that's what it is. But it is cold. It's really, really cold. It's like an igloo. I'm, in an, I'm working in an igloo. I walk outside. It's another igloo. I'm just surrounded by igloos. That's what it is. Ronald Reagan, back to you. Uh, yeah. I wasn't ready <laughs> I, for this. That <laughs> bit is the dumbest thing I've ever created, and it's horrible. It never gets better. It never gets better once. The one time Reed uh, was the dead guy. Yeah, dead Ronald Reagan. Got, can, you, can you do that one again? Yeah, here's my impersonation of Ronald Reagan. 
<laughs> he's been dead for 20 years. He's, he's been dead. So that's what it is. That's the weather. Low of 20-something, high of 40-something. It's cold. It's really cold. This is the this is the part of fall where, uh, where I keep read Trace. I keep looking at Trace behind my eyes, looking at me. I can see him. So that's what I was. That's I was I was doing a little of that there. But every time Reed makes fun of me for saying the fall is good, this is where he's kind of right because it is it is it is real. It's this brutal. Eighty percent right of the fall. It's brutal right now. I, I can't I can't I can't say anything about it. That's it. Uh, that's the weather. Everybody have a great day. God bless America. Uh, and I guess you. I, I think I have to go up there. Do you want me to go up here, Casey? I mean, I for this transition, you could throw it to, to Reagan again. Bring it over to Reagan. Bring it over to Reagan. Hey, Reg. Oh, wait. I, actually, why didn't anybody dress up for Halloween? Why didn't anybody do that? Where was the creativity? I there? dressed up as Taylor Swift's ex-boyfriend. Well, there should have been a memo. There should have been a company-wide memo that we dress up for Halloween. Trace, is there a reason we didn't dress up for Halloween? I, because I don't dress up for Halloween. I don't find it to be all that important. However, if uh, if that's something that everyone else feels like is very, very important, then I'll take one for the team and uh, we'll, we'll just... We'll dress up for Halloween. All right, Casey. Get these guys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Come on, Casey. Get to it. It's not I mean, me. It's not Casey me. It's this guy. There's somebody walking in front of him. I mean, Elliot. 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 Look at Elliot. Elliot has gone in front of every camera. <laughs> Elliot walked in front of every camera. Golly, Casey's man. trying his best to, to, to move the cameras out of out of Elliot's way, and he just proceeded to walk in every single every one of them. Every single which one. Which is great. He, he batted zero. Yeah. All right. Well, and that was my that was my bad too because I knew Casey couldn't get directly to him when I asked Trace that question. So that was hands up, hand up. That was my fault. My bad, guys. Glad he took responsibility. <laughs> Go ahead, Casey. Bengals report. Bengals report. We had a lot of conversations about the Bengals earlier on today. That report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with the suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. Productivity! You can visit their website at Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. Nice. Very nice. Where does it begin? Here. Begins here at Encore.tech. And then we got Pawnee water here, made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. Premium alkaline water uses natural limestone filtration, mm. unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, mm. the best tasting water in the world. You can visit Pawnee water at P-A-H-H-N-I water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. And for me, it's the pH level. It's not a seven. This guy's done this ad read not a nine. so many times in a row. He doesn't even look at the computer. It's an eight. This dude's got it memorized. <laughs> Reed, what do you like about this water? I got to tell you, Casey, I don't, I don't like to, to talk about that, but I'm addicted to the taste. It's so good. It's the best tasting water in the world, and it gets that way from natural limestone filtration. It's just the best, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the, here's a pro tip. If you shake it, it tastes even better. So go get Pawnee right now. It's the best tasting water in the world. Tom, have you tried shaking your water? I uh, no. If that, if you ever see me doing that, that means I've I've like put something in it that would warrant shaking it up. I'm not so sure. Just shaking up the limestone filtration here. You're shaking up the pH levels. Mm. Getting it back to eight. I'm shaking up the smoothness. Sometimes the sediments fall, and then it gets, gets to seven. you got to shake it, but get back to it. I got you. You know, everybody out in Headlines, uh, who we share our office floor with here, uh, they're all dressed up today they for are. Halloween. By the way, um, 
I know Trace was invited. I know that Reed was invited. I know that Elliot was invited. We forgot to circle back yesterday. How was your big Halloween party? My Halloween party was very good. It was a very good time. Um, did you go, Elliot? I did not. I didn't have the party to go. No, he, he was too, uh, too busy. I did not go. I was working. So. Well, here's what it was. I didn't want to go because Tom wasn't invited. So when, when Casey oh, left, because Trace got an invite, right, Trace? You got an invite to his party. Everybody got an invite except for Tom. And, I, and, and Tom and I talked after, after the show. We had a long meeting about it. Tom's feelings were hurt. And I'm like, this they is were. my guy. Okay. I'm not letting Tom's feelings hurt alone. I'm not going to this party. Nobody's going to have fun. In all seriousness, there was a party? Yeah. Casey yeah. had a party at his house Saturday night. You didn't get an invitation either? No, you did. I, I, was this a text message to my phone that I did not have? Oh, that's, it might have been. That, that might have been. I, I'm, I, this is all new to me. I think we're going to have to have a meeting after this. Oh, well, maybe that oh, was no. it. Maybe it was a text message that I didn't have my phone. Oh, oh, you had I your phone. I did have my phone. Well, I, I didn't, so that's what it was. So my apologies, Casey. I, I might have come if I knew about it. That's okay. You dress right. up, Casey? Uh, I did. I went as Beast Boy. Who? Beast Boy from Teen Titans. When you said Beast Boy, you knew he didn't know. I, I know. You knew. Because I'm wanting him to ask me what Beast Boy is. Do you have a picture of Beast Boy? Oh, I could pull up a picture real quick for you, Tom, if you want. Beast Boy is a little green ghoul. Never heard of Beast Boy. He's a little I've green ghoul. I've never heard of him. What is this show he's on, he or she? Teen Titans. It's a, it's a um, superhero show. Teen Titans? Yeah. Yes. Is there any part about that name that would lead me to want to watch that show? They're Titans? No. Teen Titans. It's a sequel. Titans. It's you a like sequel. Will Levis. He it, plays for the Titans. It's a sequel to Remember the Titans. <laughs> okay. But in this one, everybody stays alive. All right. You have a picture of this case? I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Uh, just trying to find something that will actually pull up. Never seen this. Well, if you click on images, it'll help you out on Google. I there, they have this little thing across the top, these icons up there that say images, news, yep, you know, yep. all that kind of thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Images normally is a pretty safe bet if you're looking for a picture. <laughs> Here we go. This is, this is fantastic. <laughs> There's no way that this is what you look like. Well, pretty Casey told me he was dyeing his hair. I guess that I was did, a lie. I did, I did dye my hair. Okay, let's see I it. I it out. Here it comes. So this is uh, very, very close to what I looked like. Um, do we have any photos? I don't know, but I got to be honest. Um, well, I won't say it. I really don't want to get in trouble. The Teen Titans are going to be uh, here's, members here's, of APR, by the AARP by the time here, we get to this. Here you go, Tom. Fired up. Here you go, Tom. That's Beast Boy in, in costume. Nice. That's what he looks like when you put it all together. Tom, you ever dress up like Beast Boy? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. And I don't think it's in the cards. Tom, what's your best <laughs> Halloween costume you ever I told you I wear that pirate thing all the time. I like it. I like it. It's easy. It's like a Johnny Depp looking kind of thing, you know, oh, with the yeah. long wig yeah, and a pirate. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It works. It works. And for later in the show, do you I have do like a Johnny, like, do you like try to imitate Johnny no, Depp's no, character? No, 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 no. I can't. Nobody can imitate that dude. No. no. For, for, by the way, for later in the show, I do have five Halloween trivia questions. If you all get it right, uh, I will eat a cricket. No, you won't. We have crickets no, right over there, Tom. I will eat one cricket if you go five for five. No, well, you won't. he won't. Yeah, he, he, he does this, and he just doesn't tell the truth. Okay. 
All right. So don't well, fall um, for it. We have a couple of other things we got to get to today. Correct. Correct. We do have a mailbag. Uh, are we doing? Are we, do we have, are we going over picks again today? College football. College football. Well, that's right. We have picks to go over too. We right? forgot our picks. We can we do to, those tomorrow. We we'll do got. We got. We got a blank slate tomorrow. tomorrow. And we so got we do have buy or sell, and we have mailbag to get us through the final thirty minutes. All right. Of let's the show. go buy or sell. All right. Let's go buy. Here or we sell. go. Buy or sell. Get ready. Halloween trivia question. Here we go. Sell. 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 No nice. intro. Love Just it. doing right Love into it. it. Love it. All right. First buy or sell. We'll kick it off with you, Tom. All right. Buying or selling that 49ers fans should be worried. Oh, I'm selling that all day, every day. They get their horses back. They get Williams back. They get Samuel back. They'll figure it out on defense. They're going to be fine. They got a good team. Sell, sell, sell. sell. Thank you. Casey, Trace, you buying or selling this one? Should they be worried? Sell. Sell, sell, sell. Lost three games in a row. I'd rather play great football at the end of the year than play great football now. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, that, that's kind of I, – I feel the same way, same sentiment. You lose three in a row, it, look, it looks bad, but, I mean, they pretty much would have won the Browns game. You missed a field goal, okay. Right. Well, Bengals are a tough team. They're down their best – Left tackle. I, I don't know. I'm selling. Sell, sell, sell. Sell. Nice, nice. I want to go buy just to be different, but I'm not because uh, it doesn't matter. The, the NFC is so bad that they'll they'll get a two seed or one seed no matter what. Sell, sell, sell. Chat, congratulations to the 49ers. You are in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I once again, like Elliot said, I wanted to be the contrarian. I wanted to to add some spice to this whole whole uh, buy or sell, but the 49ers are still going to win 11 ball games, 12 ball games, maybe even more. They're still a very good roster. They're just on a they're just on a skid right now, so they shouldn't be worried whatsoever. Okay, all right, we got that covered. Sell, sell, sell across the board. All right. The Chiefs' offense will hold them back this year. A lot of talk about the Chiefs' offense. They obviously played terrible against the Denver Broncos. And actually, if you look up Patrick Mahomes' stats right now, they're very similar to none other than Russell Wilson's. So, Elliot, we'll start with you. The Chiefs' offense will hold them back. Well, I think statistically they're pretty good on offense. I think they're still top ten offensively, right? Yeah, but that's that's like two score, – scoring they score, are not, scoring, yards they are. Okay. Uh, n- I, no, I, I sell. I sell, sell, sell. sell. I, I think they're going to be okay. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. They have Travis Kelsey. They have Isaiah Pacheco. We're good. The Chiefs are good. I Pat, Also, he had the flu. So people aren't counting that in, factoring that in. Patrick Mahomes is dealing with the flu. Asterix. He might have not been, but that's what I was told. I think that I'm going to buy this one. I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. I don't think that you can argue that. He has, he's playing his worst season that he's played in his, his entire career, but they lost a couple pieces. And that biggest piece will be Eric Bieniemy is no longer the offensive coordinator. I don't know if we're talking about this enough. He's gone on. He bet on himself. That hasn't worked over in, in uh, for the commanders. But I think without a Eric Bieniemy there, and without serious wide receivers there, I think their wide receiving group is, is is not a very serious group. I think that they should have some cause for concern. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes can't do it all. Bye, bye, bye. So, I'm buying this. We'll uh, we'll go over to Trace in uh, case. I'm not going to buy that. I'm going to sell that. Although yes. when you look at their schedule, they do have some tough tough games ahead. Uh, <laughs> have some tough games ahead. What? Casey, the buttons. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. He's having fun. 
Um, Dolphins. They play the Dolphins. Uh, obviously, that's the Frankfurt game, I believe. And then they turn around. They play the Eagles. Um, and then they do have two gimmies against the, the Raiders and the Packers, but they follow that up against the, uh, the, the Bills, Patriots, and they got the Bengals and the Chargers. So... Um, I don't know. That's and I know everyone's gonna say, well, it's it's in New England and it is also Monday Night Football. So I'm not gonna sit here and say that's gonna be an easy game. Um, but I'm not gonna buy the idea that the reason that the Chiefs aren't gonna be good is because of their offense. No. Okay. You know, I'm gonna buy it too, Reed. Yes. I'm gonna buy that because guess what? Travis Kelsey isn't getting any younger, and he has started to slow down a little bit. They're starting to lose some of that explosiveness. They're dinking and dunking downfield now. I mean, you look at their their wins over the last couple weeks. Now, the Chargers, they put up 31 points, but they had a pretty dominant defensive performance there. They put 19-27-23. They dominated the Bears. That's whatever. 17 points against the Jags, 20 against the Lions. They're just not scoring as much this yep. season. They're just not. They're and not. so I think that's going to be the reason why they – they inevitably are held back. They're just not scoring, so I'm buying. Okay. They haven't scored less than 17 all year. Yeah, but they're they, not putting up regularly the 27s, right, the 30s. They, the they scored nine just nine yesterday. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm selling this. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm a big Mahomes guy. Same. Big Kelsey guy. They're going to find a way to do it. Uh, oh, yeah. they, they know what they're doing there. I mean, they, anybody that questions the Chiefs, they, they – Last time I checked, they've won a couple of Super Bowls and played in three in the last four years. They find a way to get it done when it matters the most. Five straight AFC championship games. Have end, of, end of story. Right. And you sold. I sold. I Listen, I think it's just not No, the you same. bought. You bought. Yeah, correct. I'm correct. sorry. You bought. What does that sound like? Buy, buy, buy. All right. What's the last? Is this the last Two one? Two more. Two, Two more, more, Tom. This is one that we, you and I were arguing about yesterday. Aaron Rodgers will play again this year. Uh, you already know my stance. I'm buying. He's playing. I I can't see this. I I know I know there was the clip of him throwing the 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 ball around. I know someone said he got a different procedure, so he's ahead of schedule. But it's an Achilles injury. He's playing in the NFL. He's 40 years old. I can't see him playing again this year. We can talk about it and talk about it. We can talk about the Jets being four and three and and keeping it around. So. Hey, let's get in the postseason and get Aaron Rodgers for the divisional game. All that stuff is all well and good. I just can't see it. I'm selling all the way. And I, for Aaron Rodgers' sake, I hope I'm proven wrong. I sell, like sell, that. sell. But, man, I can't see it. <laughs> I just heard it. I wanted to put them on to hear it. Uh, I'm, I'm selling that. Aaron Rodgers. Sell, sell, sell. It's not going to be – by the time the Jets are dead later this year, it, Aaron Rodgers will not be wanting to come back, and the Jets will not risk another injury. So – Aaron Rodgers, thank you for your service. We'll see you next season. Trace and Case? I am going to sell the idea that he's going to play again. Sell, sell, sell. I don't think that the Jets are going to be dead. The Jets are going to be there regardless because they're just a damn good football team. It is wild to think that they probably, right now, and this is huge speculation, if they had Aaron Rodgers, it'd be hard for me not to say that I think that's the team that would represent the uh, the NFC in the Super Bowl or the AFC in the Super Bowl because outside of the quarterback that team has little to no holes. I mean they they have an elite wide receiver, they have a right. great running back, they have a good they have a pretty good line, and their defense arguably could be the best defense in the NFL. The only thing is they legitimately have an incompetent quarterback. For those that want to make fun of Jake Browning and my take on that, I don't care what anyone says. Jake Browning 
it, it, he could go up there and do the same thing that Zach Wilson's doing for the Jets. So that's beside the point. I disagree. So, I, you know, I'm trying to think back. You know, Rodgers said he's going to come, and when has Rodgers ever lied to us? When has he ever, point, has he ever led point. us astray? He said he's coming back. He's coming Very back. honest person. I am going to buy this. He's coming back this year. Book it. Mr. Pfizer. There is Mr. something Pfizer. to be said. There is something to be said about the new way of, of of him doing it. Like he's on the leading edge of trying new medicine, if you want to call it that. Oh yeah. And Reed kind of sounds like right now. He, he Reed could be hundred percent right, but he also sounds like the guy that's like Tommy John surgery. What the hell is that? There's no way this guy's gonna come back from something like Tommy John surgery. There's no way. It's never been done before. And Aaron Rodgers could come back in like I don't know four weeks, and his his Achilles be perfectly fine. That's right. Next thing you know, they treat every single uh, Achilles injury, the, the way the way that they've done Aaron Rodgers and, 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 Aaron Rogers and, and they'll call it that. And then and then all of a sudden, like it's like this uh, the, the the sprained ankle with Tua and and uh, for for when he played for Alabama, he had a high ankle sprain. Everyone's like, he can't come back in a week. He got the little I don't know what the name of it is, but he got a new surgery and he came back the next week and was fine. So um, I don't know, Tom. Tom's a believer though. I am. I already said that. I'm a believer. I said it yesterday, and I, I, as soon as he threw it out there, I, I was all over it. All right, last one. Last one, and we'll, we'll start with me because I am selling the fact that the Cowboys are NFC contenders. They can win as many games as they want in the regular season. We all know We all know what's going to happen. It gets to the postseason, and they play any team. Look, pick a team, right? They're going to lose. This is what we've seen from the Cowboys for the past two decades now. This, this is this is a loser franchise. I mean, they're America's team, and it's given a bad look on America at this point because we're not a loser nation, but that America's team is a loser franchise. So, I agree. It is a bad look on America. Jerry Jones should be ashamed of himself. Correct. The the, the losing franchise that he's orchestrated there in Dallas is sad to see. Um, I'm going to sell as well. I don't think the Cowboys are very good offensively, which is sad to see because they have pretty damn good players offensively other than, again, the quarterback. So they, they score touchdowns on their defensive side, and that's how they win games. That's good on them. I know they beat the Rams 43-20. They blew them out of the water. But, again, they scored another defensive touchdown. All they do is score defensive touchdowns. There's going to come a day when their defense stops scoring defensive touchdowns like it did in Arizona, and they lost that game. So, I, I no, Dallas will never win a Super Bowl ever. They're yeah. done. Sell, sell, sell. D-U-N, done. We are not talking about winning a Super Bowl here. They We're talking win. about NFC contenders. I mean, okay, we, we and look, well I have thing. bashed the Cowboys and, and Dak Prescott as much, if not more, than anybody. But they are hit the buy. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> it's the buy. Oh, you said buy. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. They, they are certainly contenders in the <laughs> NFC. Look, they're going to play the Eagles. Are they as good as the Eagles? No. They got blasted by the Niners when they played them out there earlier this year. But after those two teams, and when you say contenders, that means, you know, top three, four in the conference. Could the Cowboys beat the Detroit Lions? Without a doubt. Sure. Could the Cowboys beat the Seattle Seahawks? Without a doubt. All right, so to say that they're not contenders is lunacy. They're not going to do it, in my opinion. (laughs) What? No, they're not going to win the NFC, but they are contenders, if that's a question we're asking. The Cowboys are NFC contenders. 
Absolutely, they're NAC. I buy. Casey Trace. But Tom, they won't get a home playoff game, right? What? They're not going to get a home playoff game. They're not going to win that division. So that means they're going to. They will beat somebody in the opening round of the playoffs. Okay. All right. Somebody. Detroit. Somebody. Are we sure they're not going to win the division? No, we're not. I'm sure. I'm sure. I think the Eagles. Yeah. Let's do a bet. Let's do a bet. Eagles to win the division or Cowboys? I'll take the Eagles. No, I'm not taking that bet. Anybody? Arms wide open. Anybody? So are you suggesting that you can't win the Super Bowl unless you win your division? That's not what I'm saying. No, what are I'm you saying? saying the Cowboys, I'm, I'm saying they, the Cowboys need all the help they can get. Not having a home playoff game is certainly going to hurt. We, we do this every year about the Cowboys. This team's different. You this could also say different. the same thing about the Bengals. All right, buy or sell? What are we doing well, here? We got you. I'm, 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 buy, I'm buying the fact that they're NFC contenders. Okay. In fact, not only are they contenders, they, they are the – there's three teams that you could genuinely say that can win the NFC. They are right. without question one of them. Mm-hmm. They are. I mean, that's funny to me that we just gloss over the fact they scored 43 points against the Rams, the, the same Rams team that on Monday night, the, the Bengals offense at the time. Now, granted, Joe Burrow was hurt. Joe was okay. hurt. Joe was hurt. We'll use that as the asterisk. But they scored 43 points against them. The they also scored 30 points against the Jets. The difference between the Bengals and the Cowboys, and everyone's known this for decades now, is the Bengals win playoff games and the Cowboys don't. Did Everyone you say decades? Decades. 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 Time. decades. decades. decades time. <laughs> it started with Dalton. Go back to the 90s, and everyone knew who was winning playoff games. The, the Bengals, not the Cowboys. <laughs> but it is true. I mean, there's no doubt when uh, Dak Prescott – Certainly leaves a bad taste in your mouth when you're when you're banking on him to deliver in a big moment. But it feels as if they might be able to overcome Dak Prescott. That's how good they can be. We'll find out. Who has humiliated the Bills more in the past thirty years? The Bengals or the Cowboys? That's true. That's a good point. The Cowboys, because they beat them in the Super Bowls. No. The game. No. The we game. We beat them in the snow in the AFC Championship game or the, the divisional round. That's that was the better one. Casey. Tom, I just – I think it's all about can you win a Super Bowl. That's the definition. Well, no. Can they win the it's NFC? The, the question the, is no, can they win no. the NFC? No, no. NFC contenders means you're going to – you have a chance to win a Super Bowl. That's what that means. A contender does not mean that you're going to win your division – Bengals won their division seven years in a row, and they couldn't do anything. We all knew they weren't going to win a Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't think the Cowboys are NFC contenders. Sell, sell, sell. I'm selling that. Okay. Um, Sir Boy Wonder tells us that the news just came out about the ratings for the Bengals game over the weekend at San Francisco. The 27 million people watch that game. It is the highest-rated show of the week. That goes without saying on television. But... It was the highest week eight window on CBS since 1998. I've never bought into that nonsense that you got to have the big markets. Never bought into it. You got to have stars is what Correct. you got to have. The reason the World Series right now, ratings are in the tank, okay? No stars. There are guys that are really good players. Nobody knows who they are. Nobody knows, knows Marte. Nobody knows Corbin Carroll outside of Phoenix. Nobody knows Garcia outside of Dallas. If he walked in this room right now, we wouldn't even know who he is. In the National League Championship Series, in the American League Championship Series, where the ratings were much higher. Now, you can say you got Markets, Houston, and Philly. Okay? True. But you had stars. You had stars. Dusty Baker's a star. He's a story. He's a, Verlander's a star. 
Everybody knows Altuve and Bregman, those guys. Philadelphia, crowd, loaded with stars, right? Even Schwarber, he's from Middletown, Ohio. Uh, everybody <laughs> knows, you know, Castellanos. Uh, everybody knows Bryce Harper. Uh, stars. There are no stars in this World Series. Game four is tonight. Corey Seager's a star. What's that? Corey Seager is a star. Uh, you know, he's a star. Uh, no, by definition, is he one of the great stars of the game? No doubt. Corey Seager could walk down the middle of Vine Street, and there aren't two people that would know that's, who he is. That's maybe fair. <laughs> if you asked a fifth grader who Corey Seager is, would they know who Corey Seager was? They would say he sang against the wind. That's, that's, that's the way, the, like, in my opinion, that's an easy way to figure out if they're stars or not. Is if, if you can go ask some, you know, 10-year-old, 11-year-old little leaguer if they know who that's they fair. are. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, okay. there's not Aaron Judge or Jose Altuve playing in the right. World Series. Okay. Um, so tonight, real quick, uh, this is a huge game for the Diamondbacks. They got to win this thing uh, to get it to 2-2. Last night, that John Gray was unbelievable out of the bullpen. I mean, just unbelievable out of the bullpen. Our guy fought. All you do is badmouth him. Goes into the sixth inning, gives up three runs. Brandon they Fat. They can't get any offense. But, yo, he wants to do the elitist. Badmouth the guy from Louisville and from Bellarmine. That's right. Uh, the guy just takes the ball and gets people out. What can I tell you? Um, Simeon even had great things to say about Fott after the game last night, if you saw his interview with Ken Rosenthal. But, but Reed doesn't like him. And Reed's a baseball guy. <laughs> um, so, tonight – your money is D-backs or Rangers? I have one other topic I want to get to here today besides this. Who wins tonight? Rangers. I like the D-backs tonight. Nice. Diamondbacks. D-backs, Tom. D-backs it is. So, okay. so, the, so we're all okay. on the Rangers. Good. College football playoff. I got a couple questions for you. Okay. okay? Now, you know, I, I was doing a lot of reading about this this morning. Okay. Now, most people believe Ohio State, without a doubt, has the best resume. There are five undefeated teams in the country right now, okay? And, and the committee is not supposed to take into account anything that you have done except for these first seven weeks of the season. In Georgia's case, not that you've won back-to-back -back national championships, okay? In Michigan's case, you're not supposed to take into account this investigation by the NCAA, and all this stuff going on. So Ohio State against teams that will be ranked in the, in the college football playoff 10, or 10 to 12. They'll have two of those wins already over Notre Dame and Penn State. So they probably have the best resume. Has their offense been a little shaky? No doubt. But defense hasn't given up more than 17 points in a game all year long. They look unbelievable on defense. You then go to Georgia's strength of schedule is 100th in the country. Michigan's is 111th in the country. Georgia's coming off a monster game against Florida, but chances are Florida's not even in the top 25 tonight. Real good chance of that, okay? You have Washington, who's undefeated, that beat Oregon. A lot of people think Oregon might be the best team, period, even with one loss. Washington beat Oregon, which might be the single best win in college football this year. I'd have to say it probably is. Probably the best single win. But in the last couple of weeks, Washington has looked very pedestrian. They look like they should have been beat. And then you have Florida State, who has a win over LSU. They barely beat Boston College. You know, people are wondering, Florida State, 
If you had to go top five right now in order for tonight, Reed, and no bluffton's in this nonsense today. You took the word. All right, right none of that. So go ahead. Give uh, me your top five tonight. I my top five would be uh, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Washington, Florida State. That'd be my top five. Elliot, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. I'm not going to put Washington in, and I refuse. Um, Florida State four. No. Okay. No, I'm not going Florida State either. Hold on. You're going to put a one-loss team in there. I am. I am going to put. Uh, I am going to put. I'm going to put Oregon in. Over Washington. Okay. Even though Washington beat them, Trace. This is a. Is it my bad fan or a bad college football fan for saying I could care less about what these rankings look like tonight? No, I, it's I not, just, not at all. I I don't really think it matters. Well, I know it doesn't matter. Um, but if you made me put it out there, I would just put Ohio State one. I'd put um, probably Georgia two, Michigan three, Washington four, even though that's not really what it truly is. But I just put that based off of resume. And the good news is, is they all still have to play a bunch of games and it all gets sorted out. Yes, yes. Just to clarify, we're not picking our top five, what we think the end result will be. No, we're just saying just the what committee tonight. What we tonight, do. what the committee should do. Should be Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State. I'm putting Florida State up there. I think they're more impressive than Washington. Okay. So. All right. I'm, I'm predicting, I'm not saying this is, is, is the list, and that's who we think is tomorrow. But I'm predicting Ohio State will go number one. Um, I think Georgia goes two, Michigan goes three. Florida State goes four. Washington goes five. Uh, the one-loss teams to watch. Oklahoma lost for the first time. Texas, their coach, Steve Sarkeesian, comes out and says, we have the best win in college football. Alabama's won 52 of their last 53 at home, and we beat them in Alabama. That's what he says. And then there's Oregon. They just blast everybody, and they really do. They blast everybody. They killed Utah over the weekend uh, in Utah, but they lost to Washington. So, all right. Do we have a mailbag today? We do. Herb Street and the boys are going to cook up something good. They'll, they'll get the people fired up tonight. All right, let's I, go. I, I the video. That. Here we go. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. Nice job, Tom. He loves it. He loves it. The people love it. What an elite segment this is. We got another mailbag. Let me go to my mailbag folder on my paper. So we have a mailbag today. Today's mailbag. Tom's going to like this one. Today's mailbag comes from sweet little Victor from Mrs. Frankenstein's class. It's. Do you get it? I got it. Did you get it? I got it. It's been a tough month for little Victor. His dad is running a back alley dice game with his teachers and keeps taking their money. So they in turn keep failing him. Victor has had a hard time making friends in the second grade class as well as he keeps concocting experiments on his fellow classmates. Turned one of them into a cockroach. Victor is curious if the experiment of Jameis Winston has come to a close. There are swirlings on X.com that he will go to Minnesota. Have we seen the last of famous Jameis as a starter in the NFL? Little Victor. Little Victor, listen, I, 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 if I'm Minnesota, I'm rolling the dice on Jameis Winston. What do you got to lose? I would agree. You got a guy that's played in some big games. He's had some big moments. Uh, He's also had a lot of moments where he's throwing passes to the guys in the wrong colored jerseys. 
But he has had some good days in the NFL. He has experience. Uh, if I were Minnesota, and they're going to have to make a move before 4 o'clock today, I would take him, little Victor. <laughs> yeah, I think Minnesota should go and get a quarterback because I think they're at the end of their – Yeah, but is Jameis the guy? Sure. <laughs> Anybody's better than Jaron Allen, whoever's going to be their quarterback. So, sure. Famous Jameis in, in Minnesota. Heard it here first on Off the Bench. Why not? I would agree with little Victor. I think Jameis should get another chance. <laughs> I think Minnesota is the perfect opportunity for him. He, everybody knows Everybody knows Jameis is really good with the football. He doesn't make a lot of turnovers. Neither do the Vikings. They're, they're turnover-free. They, they go hand-in-hand. Hand. So it's going to be a great fit for them. I actually, I actually think this is a great fit for Jameis because could you imagine, just for a second, yeah, I'm imagining. the best opportunity for him is to have someone that's super dominant that he can just force-feed the ball to. Who better to do that with? Than Justin Jefferson, where we you could just throw him the like ball at, at any point, and, and it's going to work out. He's going to catch it. So that's going to lead to less turnovers, more fun, more action, and maybe Justin Jefferson might have a chance to uh, do some do some serious damage here at the end of the season. So I like the trade a lot if they can make it happen. Okay. Tom, earlier in this show. Trace didn't answer oh, this. Sorry. Trace. Sorry. No, it's just a waste of time. I honestly, <laughs> what do you mean it's a waste if, of time? If, if Jameis Winston wants to go to Minnesota and they want to waste picks, by by all means, be my guest. But what, what a fourth what, rounder, a fifth rounder. If they if they want to, that would be wasting any type of pick. To be honest, oh. it's fourth, fifth, sixth rounder. What does it matter? It ultimately, what are the, what are they going to do with Jameis Winston that they that they couldn't get done with Kirk Cousins? Who, like I said before, if you watch Kirk Cousins, sure. I I made jokes about Kirk Cousins for a long time. And I watched him because I got red zone and I got the Sunday ticket to where I actually was able to watch him over a course of time. He's a pretty damn good quarterback. Very good. There is some irony, though, that as soon as he started getting leaked to the idea of getting traded to the Jets, he tore his Achilles. So um, some are saying the Jets are cursed with Achilles injuries. I don't know. That's not me saying it, but some are saying I, I just do. We, does anyone actually believe that it matters? Like, well, that's what's I, I funny do. about the NFL. If, if Jameis Winston went to the, the Vikings, what are they? They're irrelevant. They are not irrelevant. They started the season 0-3. They started 0-3. They've won four of their last five games. They've beaten the 49ers. Okay, now, and they barely lost to the Chiefs. Barely lost to the Chiefs on a game that could have gone either way. And they're two games behind... A division leader in Detroit that has a good team. They don't have a great team. They are very much in the hunt. That was with a pretty damn good quarterback. You're you're taking a pretty pretty sizable step back from Kirk Cousins to to. Uh, and they to have to play the legs. Lions twice. They play the Saints. They play the Falcons. They play the Broncos. They got the Bears again. They got the Raiders. They got the Packers again. I mean, their schedule. Famous Jameis. Famous Jameis. Bring me the right-hander. Just throw it to the guys in purple, not the I, guys in red. I'm more scared of them than the Vikings, or than the uh, Cowboys. Was that a Freudian slip right there, or what? No, it wasn't a Freudian slip. You genuinely guys. believe that you would rather play the Cowboys Vikings. than the Vikings? I'd rather play the Vikings. So you're saying that they're bad? No, 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 no. I, I messed up. I messed up. Yeah, I, you, you, let's get it together over there. Clean it up. It's a pretzel. Listen, Clean it up. guys, while we're talking about this, we're talking about trades. You guys were um, asking earlier about Chase Young for a fourth rounder and stuff like that. Yeah, well, here his, comes. his line mate, Montez Sweet, 
who is two years older, cost twice as much money, just got traded for a second-round pick. I think it's Sweat. but Sweat, my bad. But, yeah, second-rounder, there's just no way that you're getting Chase Young for right. anything like, more than a first-round That was the pick. whole point I was making. And all these hypotheticals, yeah, everyone throws these – these trades out there. Sure, I'd trade Justin Jefferson for a 2029 seventh round pick. Yeah, that sounds great. Would you take Justin Jefferson for a first round pick? That shouldn't even be. See, that's what I. I that's that's where you lose you me. Shit. That's where you lose you me. Actually you guys actually thought, thought about, about that. that for a half a second. I have to think about what we're going to do with the cap. So, yeah, I'll trade T. Higgins. Oh, please. Yes. Oh, oh my please. God. Yes, you I would do it, me. but we'd have to get rid of T. Higgins then. Yeah, like so. The, the, this is all things that I was think I was I wasn't thinking about <laughs> yes or no. I was thinking, what else do we have to do to make it make sense financially? Yes, that's what we're doing. Okay, that's what we're doing. All right, we were. I mean, quick, I wasn't we I wasn't were... sitting here going, no, I don't want Justin Jefferson for a first round pick. Let me take a second to think about what we're gonna do in retaliation with the cap and getting rid of T Higgins, who's gonna cost twenty million dollars. So you 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 gain Justin Jefferson and you lose T Higgins. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah, yeah. What do we, yes, I would do that. We have people in the chat that say no way they do it. Yeah. No way. Must not let, they, they, they obviously don't watch the Viking, I can't wait Viking to ask Trace games. a question tomorrow, give him half a second, then yell at him. Because that's what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't worry about the cap. The cap, the cap, the cap if, you, if you manipulate it the way that most teams do, it is a fake arbitrary number. So, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, what, 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 what am I going to do with the cap? That's just a cap. Now, I would not give up Drew Sample for Justin Jefferson. That's a loss. Casey, you actually think and that the, you, you actually think that you can't manipulate the cap? No, I you think it's no a big that deal? that's no, I think you can. But to just say like Justin Jefferson ain't gonna cost like thirty five million freaking dollars. Like, have you watched? He's gonna he's going to our literally guest, break our the guest market. Today, Brian Billick ta talked about the cap. Yeah, I mean, look, whether it's Justin Jefferson, obviously he's not going anywhere. No, that's but but the whole thing the whole thing is 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 what Brian and, and what you guys are talking about with the cap thing is what the Bengals are facing to a slightly less extent. They're facing the same thing with Higgins. What are they going to do with him? Right? Right. I mean, they're facing the same thing. So, you know, if, if you could make a deal for Jefferson, you'd be in the exact same scenario you are in right now. Probably even worse, to be honest. Probably even worse. Jefferson would probably command more money. Higgins has been better over the long haul. Jefferson, a shorter amount of time in a league like Chase. But, you know, th this is a, th the situation the Bengals are in right now. It's going to be interesting to see. Maybe they surprise us. Maybe they make a move before 4 o'clock today. Maybe they don't. It'll be interesting to see what other deals are made or not made before we get to 4 o'clock. All right, we're up against it one minute to go. I still want to hear this uh, cherry on top. I want to hear, unless we have something else. Lane. You want to hear the Lane Kiffin comment? I want to hear Lane. All right, we'll do that, and then we do have a cherry on top. Okay. But, uh, right. but, but uh, oh, just teeing this up. I had Halloween trivia. Okay, well, we could do Halloween trivia really quickly as well. But uh, here, Lane Kiffin is really quick. For those that did not see it or hear it, Lane Kiffin is the ultimate uh, just just take digs while you can kind of guy, and I think it's hilarious. And if you didn't see this, this is him talking about a backhanded way about Texas A&M. Lane, uh, third straight year in one of the two polls programs top 10 or cracked inside the top 10 just what does that speak to what you've been able to do especially with you know setbacks during the season that y'all been able to overcome well i think that's kind of neat i guess three straight years to be in the top 10 but it doesn't matter to me except for what do you finish so it's good that it brings attention to the program and um to be able to do that um especially as you're going against a program that 
normally you would think would be the team in the top 10 three years in a row with their roster. Um, you know, that says a lot about our players, our coaches, our fans, but though what really matters is where do you finish at the end of the year? Um, you know, so that's our goal, um, you know, to keep getting better, keep winning games. Um, you know, we try to, you know, achieve our goals and not let others achieve their goals. I think um, I read where Jimbo said their goal is to be bowl eligible. So if we can get in the way of that, that would be good um, for us too. That was good stuff. All aboard the lane train. Hilarious. How do they, how, Tom, a really quick question. How do those guys, when they go play this very next game, go stand in the middle of the field and just powwow like, like he didn't just take two huge jabs right at their program? I don't know how they do it. I, and they do, they will do it. They'll be standing there shaking hands. How you doing, buddy? All right, we have Halloween trivia. Yeah, I got five questions. I got five quick. I, I got five quick questions. I wanted to because we nobody dressed up and nobody got into the Halloween spirit today. Is today's and a cherry Halloween. on top? So, so hurry up. What was that? I said a cherry on top. So hurry up. <laughs> okay. Let me see what I. Let me see how fast I can read these so everybody can have an early day today. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is America's favorite Halloween candy? Per a study, CandyStore.com. You guys have to decide if you guys go five or five. We'll eat a cricket. Fair. Reese's Cup. Yeah, I feel like it's Reese's Cup. Reese's Cup. Most favorite Halloween candy? Yeah, this final, is final answer. Uh, you mm. polling kids? This is like Family Feud top time answer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Tom, your guess? If candy, if it's candy corn, the trivia is over. Yeah, it better not be. It's candy not candy corn. corn. Reese's Cup. Tom, do you have a better better one than Reese Cup? I just I just think that there are a lot of people out there that can't eat peanut butter. Okay, you have that thing going on. I'm thinking it's more along the lines of like I don't I don't have a specific name, but something like gummy bears or something like a lot of kids are eating those these days. I'm saying it's a sucker, a dumb dumb. What a what a shitty guess that was by you, a sucker. Get out of here. No, I'm the answer was Reed and Trace's guess. That is that is Reese's Cup. I am stunned. I'm not stunned because they're great. Yes. All right. Yes. What in what state will trick or treaters receive the biggest uh, full size candy bars? You got a Ooh. one in fifty guess. I'm guessing somewhere up in the northeastern, like New England, where they're smaller states, so you're not looking at so many different um, economic backgrounds. Um, give me something like Vermont. I'll give you a hint because it's not Vermont. It's <laughs> if they were a college football team, they'd be in the top ten right now. Ooh. They are in the top ten. Any guesses? Washington. No. Any guesses over there from that side of the room? Mm. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna say everything's bigger in Texas. Okay. No, it is Oregon. Oregon. Oh, I was close. Uh, Third question. Not really doing anything great over here on that side of the room. Really bad guesses. Yeah, just got uh, Reese's Cup. What sort of what sort of what what was the original mask that Michael Myers wore in Halloween? Who was the celebrity that it was supposed to be? William Shatner. That's correct. Wow. Reed's doing ding, very ding 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 ding. I'm a trivia. I'm a trivia king. Reed's doing very good. What was the original name for candy corn? Ooh. Hmm. Trace. I don't know. Sugar corn. That's a really bad guess, Casey. <laughs> 
Sure. I like how you're taking out your frustrations for sure. Casey to tell you to go fast on me. Well, that's what he, he rattled me. He made fun of Halloween trivia. Nobody's wearing anything fun, including myself. So that's on me. Casey, take a guess. Uh, Shitty guess. Tom, you're up. Corn candy. I don't know. That's bad. The answer is, the answer is chicken feed. That's the fourth uh, question. Chicken feed? Chicken feed? And finally, which, which famous musician died? Uh, musician. Which famous magician died on Halloween? Harry Houdini. Any guesses? I mean, I have no idea. Houdini, I don't know. It's Harry Houdini. How about, How about that? that? I tell you what, Reed's on his game. Reed was on. He went four for five. He was one away from making me eat a cricket. Go ahead, play. No, play it. Yeah, play it. Let's get it out of the way. Let's do it. All right, what is this? Uh, this is something from Trace. So Trace, you wanna? No, yeah, we just I seen a picture, and for those that are saying that we didn't dress up. Here's That's your me. cherry on top. That's me. Oh we found a picture. Gosh, are you kidding me? The, the chat is about to explode. <laughs> that is kid. That is kid. When is this from? I think the lights are on. Nobody's home, Tom, in that picture. But that is uh, that's Ken from Barbie. My wife was Barbie. I was Ken. Over the, the weekend? It was over the weekend. So, so this was not. Put that back up, Casey, please. Yeah, yeah. So this was not the incident where you were at the bar. <laughs> and you got this was you got that, that was touched. last week. I had to wear I had to double down. I think the wristbands really pulled the the whole outfit together. I got to tell you, Gina's Italian food and spirits. I put on a hell of a performance on Saturday. So, Mouse Cop says Bozo the Clown is who you're dressed up there. I, I, listen, the wife the wife picks out the Halloween costume. I wish I wasn't Ken, but she wanted to be Barbie, so I was Ken. As long as I don't have to wear face paint or dye my hair, I'm cool with it. You know what? You're right. That's a good point. It's good. And not a bunch of junk all over your face. Nothing on my face. Yeah, no yeah, mask. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Tomorrow we will. Uh, we're we're going to go over our picks for the week. We'll do our Power Five in the NFL, Power Five in college football. We'll uh, talk about the World Series. My dad will not join us until Thursday this week. Um. He's a traveling man. What can I tell you? Uh, man of the high seas. Mm. It's big league rain gear he's got going on. <laughs> <laughs> that pink Peter Millar pullover. Looks like an L.L. Bean catalog. Yeah, he does. And we're also doing an hour and a half of Halloween trivia tomorrow as well. <laughs> so that's what, you, that's what you have to look forward to. And Casey has to answer all of them. And any Listen, question he gets I wrong. Listen, I need to use the any, restroom. We gotta hurry up. That's why I'm telling you to hurry up. I gotta use the restroom. Do we have Let's anything go. coming up right now? No, nothing. nothing. We gotta, I gotta go. Sure? Yes. yes. Alright. Well, uh, I want to wish everybody a uh, happy Halloween out there. Be safe. <laughs> Be careful. Now look. If you've got the little guys out tonight, many of you do, okay, just keep an eye on them because we don't want any bad stuff going on. There are a lot of weird people out there. God. What's, your guys what's your guys' favorite Halloween memory? Chatterbox, <laughs> click over tonight at room. nine. Let's go around the room. Trace, what's your favorite Halloween memory? <laughs> We're going to be – I'd like to leave maybe with a shot if Casey can pull it up of, of just – like almost that Zen moment you get on YouTube TV of like yeah. the Niagara Falls yeah. going yeah. off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Casey, let's do the Pontiac water ad real quick. Uh, you know what? You know what? Thanks right. for watching, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> see you tomorrow.